Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 91, The Road is Long. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, my good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed, how are you doing? Good, and of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how are you going? Good, thanks, Ed. All right, so we don't have a ton of stuff to going on. We are getting towards the latter part of the year, so things are starting to wind down as we're going into the holidays. We do have a little bit of news that we can go over. We do have some dates and stuff on some new models coming out, so we can kind of go over that. But I think a lot of this is going to be some chit-chat about our flight decks and things like that. So we're just going to spin right into that <laughs> as far as flight decks are concerned. Sean, I know you've been doing some stuff, but I don't know everything you've been doing. And we've, we've decided like the, the pregame is we're just not going to talk at all until. So <laughs> what have you been doing lately so that we don't waste any material that comes out? Well, uh, last week I actually got a game of Kill Team in with my son. I saw that. Yes. Look at all the beautiful terrain that was assembled and everything. Yep. Yep. And, you know, maybe one day we'll get painted, but we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. But um yeah it was actually a pretty good time um it was a long time coming because we've had the game for a couple months and but we finally found the time to where we both wanted to sit down and play we we basically we were kind of waiting on getting a second rule book you know the core book for the game just so my son had one i have one we both have a compedium and then, of course, the Octavius book. I'm going to copy and, and get that. Plus the whatever the other one's called, we'll get that one done, too, so that we have yeah, the she, lists and things. Yeah. Chris was filling me in on all of the books you have to have in order to technically play Kill Team. No, or Necrom- no that, was, Necromunda. That, was, that was Necromunda that you were filling and me in. And it's the same the thing. Kill Team, you have to have... The, if you're going to play outs, outside of the boxes... You have to have the compediums. You don't have a choice. Hmm. You know, I mean, you could probably do the building and stuff on, uh, you know, on a builder and things like that. But it's better to have everything, you know, available. But um, the game was really fun. It was just from round one to round four when the game ended. It took about two and a half hours to play because it's our first time. Uh, yeah. Setup was about 10, 15 minutes, and, and then it was, from there, it was just trying to figure out how to play the game, you know, and I think we did a pretty good job. Um, on the way back from getting the other core book, Aaron read all the rules. I've had the book forever and still haven't read the rules, but, so Aaron read them on the way home, and, and so we were pretty much set to go, and he played Orcs, and I played uh, Adeptus, uh, Adeptus Militarum. And we each had 10, 10 figures. Now, I went with the nine of the same. The Basically, they're the Pathfinders. And then he did his where he had, like, one one comms guy and, you know, one of each of the, the flavor guys that you can do, too. And uh, and it was pretty even, actually. The, the cool thing is the Adeptus Militarum, you get two special things where you can call in like a, a bombardment and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it was, it was 
pretty intense. We both ended up with two guys left on the board, and he ended up capping on the last turn to get the fourth his fourth point. So he ended up beating me four to three um, as far as the points went and everything else. But I don't play – I've never really played in many games where they're truly objective-based. Um, so that was kind of an interesting – it's kind of a new concept. I played, you know, I've played some Armada where it's objective based, things like that. But, but this is really, you have to be, you really have to have a good strategy to play that objective based game. You know, especially when you only have four rounds and your guys are moving, you know, at six inches a clip and you're trying to get across a, you know, two and a half foot board, you really have to be thinking ahead and how you're going to do things. And, um, basically, it ended up being where actually I, I had three figures left. I literally completely forgot one on the board. So I had like <laughs> turns where the guy didn't fire or do anything. I had set a guy up on one of the, you know, one of the high uh, terrain pieces to kind of be a um, a sniper in the game and and snipe some of his stuff off the board. And um, but then after turn three, when things really got you know, down to the nitty gritty and everything. I forgot about him. So, you know, that's my fault, not not anybody else's. But it but was a can, lot of fun. It can was, you fill me in on something? Because I've never never played a single game of Kill Team. So when you yep. say objective based, it's not just a question of I have a model standing on an objective. It's more intricate than that. Correct. That is correct. You actually have to spend an action to cap it. So so to be able to get it, you know, you you get two actions a turn. So for each model, they get two actions. So basically moving, shooting, that type of thing. But you can't do two actions, same actions. So you can move once. And the figures, and there's a you know a little little movement ruler in it and everything else. And um, but basically when you do it, so what the the first scenario was in the Octarius book was there were three there were six um, terrain pieces on the board one and it's really kind of weird, but out of the six terrain pieces, three of them, three out of the, well, actually it's one, two, three, four, four terrain pieces out of the four terrain, big terrain pieces. You had to get up to the second level, spend an action to, to claim that point. So there was one that was worth one, one worth two and one worth three. And so basically, you know, if the furthest one is worth three, that's the one that's worth zero to him, and then vice versa. We each started with one kind of in our starting zone, and then one was out a little bit. That was the one worth one. Then across the board, closest closest was two, and then three was the one that was in his starting zone. And yeah, it gives you that strategic thing of like, sure, this one in your deployment zone is worth zero, but it's worth three to your opponent, so you can't necessarily leave it unprotected. Otherwise, right. you're giving up three points. Right. And, you know, it's it's weird because you have to choose between shooting, moving, and then you can also dash as another maneuver, which is, you know, a certain distance you can go. But going up, so, you you know, you have three three movement points, we'll say, that are within your, your action turn, and that movement point is worth two inches well when you're climbing up when you're climbing up on an on an objective piece you have to be within one inch of it to be able to climb it 
and then you have to use two of your three movement to get up to the top. And then the third movement is getting on the top, basically. It's to move actually in. So you spend two to go vertical, one to go horizontal, basically. And it's it's really interesting how you really have to plan that out and then, you know, make sure it's not a guy you're going to shoot with because if you're going to try to capture that point, then you can't shoot with the guy because your second is using, you know, an uh, whatever it was called, the objective capture maneuver or whatever, objective capture. So, you know, every, everything about it is just trying to figure out, you know, exactly what the best strategy is and stuff and when to shoot, who to shoot with, you know, who to move with, things like that. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that if we were playing the open game version of it, where you're building stuff out of the compedium rather than what Octarius has given you, I'm sure that that game is is a better version of the game just because you you know you're choosing basically exactly what you want rather than rather than having it be where you know you have these ten units you know and in the compedium when you play out of the compedium you could have like five space marines and that's it you know that's compared. Cool. So it's one of those things like because it's such a small model count, it's easy to get everything painted up. And it's also like admittedly, like it was your first game. So it took about, you know, two and a half hours to play because you your first yep. game. But as you get better at it, faster at it, it's gonna be a sixty minute game or a ninety minute game. Yeah, and I think that's the whole point of it, you know, is it's just a faster way to play forty K in a lot of ways. And I'm sure, you know, it's probably Necromundi, I'm guessing, is very similar in concept you know and probably Warcry is too where you're just using different you know i what is what is what is the world of necromundia chris it's still 40k Um, yeah it's just um a hive world in um, a 40k universe so there's actually like they have their own um astra militarum regiment they have um a necromundan regiment and um but it, it's all like gang warfare and how you like the civilians do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's, that's you know, I, I think their games are similar, you know, and to me this is fun because this is 40K, you know, it's a 40K universe, 40K everything, but it's a good way to learn a little bit about 40K, you know, and understand bits and pieces, especially when you're coming in from the outer world and know nothing about 40k <laughs> coming in um but yeah it was a, it was a really good time um i would say if i compare it to you know other games that i've played it's probably probably in the top three you know of those games just because now i've only played once so i might not it might get tedious after a while you know but it's also a quick way into 40k because it's just a ton of terrain. I bought, you know, two boxes. So you get two, you know, 10 figure armies. So basically a squad, but just a crap ton of terrain. And so having two kill team boxes to be able to play a full game of 40 K we'll now have all the terrain, you know, we ever need to play. Yeah. 40K. Oh God. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, we have, I, we have more, you know, we have a lot more than that too. I've heard that's very similar with uh, Necromunda too, is that Necromunda and Kill Team require quite a bit of terrain. 
and mm. it's almost the same amount as a full, you know. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but that stack behind that brown box is all Necromunda terrain. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be, hopefully I'm going to get my table done over Christmas. Um, just depends. So that That's the one of the projects I want to tackle, because I've been waiting for a, re a release that came out today to before I start doing making my tiles, but I don't want to I don't want to steal Sean's thunder. So. Oh yeah, no, of course. <laughs> but the other nice thing too is if you have a small gaming table, this fits on your table. Yes. That's that's another thing about it too. Like my son and I both he bought an alpha table a couple months ago. So he has a full, you know, four by six table space that we can when we play 40k we'll play over at his place when we play this and other games we'll play over here but for the board to fit on the table and then to have a ton of space to be able to fit other stuff you know your dice and your your data sheets and all those types of things it was really nice to just not be cramped in on a game surface and and that was the other thing that was nice about it too is just it's small, it fits well, and it plays really well for four, for a four-round game, you know. it's Now, for us, I didn't know anything about Astra Militarum or about what my guys did. He really didn't know anything about what his guys did. So that's where, you know, the learning, that's kind of what slowed us down a lot, too, was reading sheets and trying to figure out exactly what what was what and, you know, all of those things. So... You know. the same way about whenever ninth edition came out, we first were playing our first couple of games at ninth edition, even at a thousand points, we were like, you know, what does this do? How does it like it's gotten much, much faster? It's like any other game, Sean. Like, I'm sure the first couple of games of X Wing that you played, it was, what does this do? How does this work? Reading cards. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was no different than any game, even board game, you know, just basic board games. You know, it's, you have to, it's a learning curve, you know, throughout. And, we, you know, that was the thing, though, is that this game was really easy to learn, you know, like how to move, how to how to move, how to measure shooting. And, you know, we kind of were confused at the beginning because, you know, we weren't sure about, you know, ranges on guns and stuff. So we're looking it up and, oh, wait, they're laser guns, so they can go across the board, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, that type of thing, as long as you have line of sight and stuff like that. and. There may be things that we missed about that that we'll we'll pick up on the next time, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. That's that's pretty much all of my gaming that I've done. Um, I bought a game on Steam called Farming Simulator, and then Ooh. I bought the then I bought the steering wheel and pedals and the side panel and everything else. So I've been trying to learn that, you know, in my off time and stuff and. Um, so that's kind of the only other thing I've done. I put together a few few models from the the new set, um, the three of the Tau so far out of the ten, and and that's something I gotta pick back up. I'll probably do that Monday while we're playing D and D is build some more models and stuff because there's a little more little more dead space sometimes in that you know than oh yeah that's than like a on a podcast. It's not a bad idea. I might have some gene stealers. I might start some base coats down on too because yeah. tyranid gene sealers have gotten really really good with the new so i've been shifting up what i've what i've been taking to the game store yeah. but we'll get we'll get to that in mind 
Yeah, and then I have, you know, ten sisters of battle to put together, too, so. Uh, can't, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> you have to. I will. I almost, I almost just boxed him up and sent him to you and fainted. Just, just shut up and tell you. He's doing himself. <laughs> you have to understand, though, like, le- legitimately my intent is to watch your painting stream intently to know how to paint them. Because I struggle, I'm not going to lie, I struggle with black armor. Because I get the idea that it's black with highlights of gray, but it always, to me, it just seems like black with gray lines drawn on it. So, like, I really want to see how you do the highlighting and how that's going to work. Like, that's the... That's those are like the two, two of the colors I struggle with the most whites and blacks. Like, how do you highlight black? Well, you do it a little bit of a darker gray, and then you kind of like highlight it with an almost white, like an almost, like, but like conceptually, I get it, but otherwise, I'm like, but does it really look good? I would expect that your problem is you're highlighting too much of a model. You don't, need, you don't need to highlight as much with black because. It, it just looks like so you, you end up making it too busy. Um, right. Yeah. Well, so like, all right. So if we want to talk highlighting for a second. So one of the things that always drives us, and you can always tell this on like black tanks, like doesn't matter which army or it doesn't matter. I, I'm guilty of it myself. Like my tanks that I did for my, my space Marines are this exact same problem. Someone sprays uh, primer black and then they'll go through with a gray and hit every single edge ever so it just looks like a picture frame everywhere it goes and it like that's not how natural light would work like it yeah. like you wouldn't pick up a sharp highlight here at the exact same you know luminescence as you would on the back corner but when you look at the tanks they all look the same and i've seen models that get painted the same way and i'm like this like Unless the light source was directly above the model at all times, I don't even know that you would catch that. But, like, they'll catch highlights underneath. And, like, well, it wouldn't get highlighted. Like, I know that now. I didn't know that then. But the more I see it, the more it drives me nuts. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So, anyway, that's, anyway, that is my, uh, that's my flight deck for the, for the show. Good. Chris, what have you been up to lately? Um, I've been to work a lot. I've worked a lot. I I went to work twice yesterday. Um, went to work twice yesterday. Yeah. Oh, Thursday night I went in to try and get some receiving done, and worked until like one a.m. Then got home about one thirty. Got up, took Evie to daycare Friday morning. Went back to work for like ten past eight. Worked until the store opened at eleven. Then came home. Then went back for six to open up to run the X wing. So. You know, good. I love it. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. Just keep yeah. going. Just keep I, it up. I love working. It's the best. Well, um, paying paying bills is always always a yeah. good thing. Um, but yeah, especially this time of year. I'm just gonna throw uh, that so, out. Uh, my mum um actually when she came last time, she was talking about if there was anything I wanted to use her like um, Avion points for or whatever it is. From her banking, uh, like the reward points she gets from a bank, and as I, like, oh, gotcha. oh they, they did Amazon vouchers, so um, I actually got her to extend us Amazon vouchers, and that's what I used to buy my new microphone and everything. <laughs> so it didn't actually cost me any money. We so, were talking yeah. about this. I think we were talking about this off mic, but yes, you do have a new yeah. setup. Yeah, you bought the same same mic for your streaming setup, correct? Yeah, but 
I had the it's a mic I bought for my streaming setup a while ago when I started doing the painting streams. And I think I got that sorted out and it the audio seemed like it's been good for the last few. Um so and I was like, okay, if I do the same setup for this, because it's a lot smaller and more compact. So I hate having it where I feel like I can't see half the screen and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. Hopefully if this sounds good, I don't know. It sounds fantastic on our end, but I don't know how it's going to come out in the recording. Uh, terrible. I'll just, I'll butcher it in editing. I, I'll, I'll add some noise and like make sure I get all the pop, pop, pops. You're going to go back and re-edit it and make it worse. Yeah, <laughs> just, just for consistency's sake, you know. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I've not played any Necromunda because I've, I've basically everything snowballed from when I was going back to UK. I played a bunch of games so I didn't fall behind, but then another wave of COVID hit, so all the gaming got shut down. So I was actually ahead of everyone, and then I came back, took like two week break to let people catch up, and then they didn't. So then I was playing again. So I, I've still got the most games, and I haven't played for a month now. Like, but it's, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> I was chatting about it um, with, with my friend last night when who. He's the guy who's running it. Mike is uh, Uncle Mike's the arbitrator for the campaign, and um, we were chatting about it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to ask other people if they want a game because it'll just be a perpetual cycle of I'll stay further ahead, and I, I don't care about winning. I care about having fun and playing. But if they don't have time to catch up, because I I'm at the plateau of my gang right now. So if I keep playing them, I'll keep them down rather than them catching up. Yeah. Gotcha. And you're actually going to make it worse for them, not better. Yeah. And like, cause even if like I'm at the point now where if one of my Ogrins dies, it doesn't really matter. I can just buy a new one. And like, it's very unlikely for you to be able to like kill my, my gang leader. Cause it's just ridiculous now. It's, um, Toughness six with five, um, three wounds. He's got a one-up armor save. Um, he's got yeah. a, he's got a falsehood so that you can't shoot him for the first two rounds of the game. Um, you not you can't do any aggressive action towards him until he's like attacked you because he's wearing a falsehood. So you just think he's some random old man. Like, it's a little like ogrin old man hobbling around and then throws his falsehood off and it's like surprise. Um, please, please, please tell me that the rules are very similar to 40k, where even though technically you have a one plus save, you still fail on a one. Yeah, and I don't have to get into the argument that I got into on Tuesday, where you had, where I had, Chad had. Um, it wasn't Chad. It's always the outside person. Chad knew what I was talking about, and it wasn't even a conversation. But you had Terminators in cover with a one plus save, getting shot at by an AP zero weapon. And he's like, Oh, those are one up saves. That means they just auto pass. Like how fucking long have you been playing this game? <laughs> like uh, some, some ones are still failures. It's from someone who should have known better. Yeah. I, I guess that's probably the, if it had been a new person and I had to explain to them that by you, I had to go to the core rule book and show him that ones are always fails. <laughs> Even but, I know that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 
But he couldn't wrap his head around the idea like, well, Terminators in, in, in cover, they never need to roll dice because they just auto-pass all armor saves. And I'm like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it was a 15-minute derailing conversation where I literally had to break out a rule book for it. That sounds like a you problem. It was. Because what you could have done is gone, yeah, well, all right, and just ignored him and carried on with your game. Because he wasn't even involved in the game? Yeah. yeah. Yes. That you seems like play. a you wanted to be right. <laughs> you were playing I'm gonna type on the internet. <laughs> no, that it's not that. It is I felt the need the the need to, to It was a teaching the, moment. It was exactly it was a teaching moment and it didn't start I didn't start Some off people don't want to learn. I didn't start off snippy, but I definitely got snippy towards the end. <laughs> My intent was like, oh, no, 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 that's a common mistake. It's in the core rule book, blah, blah, blah. Like, and if he would just have let it go right there, the conversation would have ended. If it it had just let you win there, you wouldn't have had to keep going. You could have enjoyed playing your game with Chad. Exactly. What turn did did your game end on? Well, the turn that our game ended on is irrelevant of this conversation. And now I'm going to get into that into my flight deck. So technically our game ended on turn two. All right, and how many extra turns would you have had if you had 25 minutes less bantering about rules? Well, I I would have gotten a much larger victory on turn three than I would have. I'll get to that in a minute. There's a (laughs) reason for for that. That's fine. Um, Yeah, so he's got light carapace armor, which is a four-up save, then an armored undersuit gives him plus one to his save. It's three up. Then I bought him some ablative plating. Uh, which is plus two to your save for the first armor save you take, plus one to your armor save for a second armor save you take, and then it does nothing. Oh, so it degrades. That's interesting. Yeah. So, but remember, you can't shoot him because of his falsehood for the first two rounds. Then he's, he's just... got a what? Then he's got toughness six and a one up save, <laughs> and three wounds. Good luck so, to you. And I, if I get to charge you with my seven-inch movement and my tactics card, which doubles my movement range instead of being movement plus D3, um, so I've got a 14-inch charge guaranteed, and I get eight attacks that hit on twos with his strength of six. So, you know. Good luck. But as I said, I don't really have to worry about him anymore. He's just a giant threat piece of like, look, if you want to, <laughs> if you want, we can play, but I would advise you just let me win. Yeah, I, it's not going to turn out well for you either way. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like the way it works, obviously, is that it snowballs because I, I got him um, extra move early, so he could get into combat more often. Then he's sure, in combat more, so he's earning more experience. So then I made him uh, get plus one to hit. So then he hits on twos. Which means he hits more once he gets there. Yep. And just like, just. And what did yep. you, at what strength did you say he was at again? Strength eight? Strength five, normal. Oh. Strength five base, so what the augmented base give him plus one. I mean, he's only worth like 670 credits. If you were to capture <laughs> him and sell him, that's how many credits you'd get. A starting gang is like a thousand credits. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. So that one model is worth almost an entire gang. Yep. All right. Just again, he just—that's what happens. He, he spiraled. I managed to buy him. Um, I forgot what it's called now. It's basically like a, a matrix training suite 
where it just gets plugged into his head and then he le- he suddenly knows Kung Fu. Um, <laughs> but you you have to survive an injury roll and then as long as you don't die for the injury roll, you get to pick any skill from the game, even if you can't normally take it. So I took Nerves of Steel so that when he gets shot, if he passes a cool check on a 4 plus on 2d6, he doesn't get pinned anymore. So he just walks through like once you can shoot him you can't stop him it's just like yeah just keeps walking forwards they're gonna get you continuing to go through with those gigantic saves yeah so um that's been good and i got my gang fully painted again i painted the um extra um models i think because of the box that was released today was the um the outlaws box which is like you're supposed to be able to do like a full gang of hive scum and stuff like that, but I just want to be able to convert a couple of the models to be my um, the people who just show up every game and I don't care about. Uh-huh. The real secret to my success has been having terrifying Ogryn who doesn't die as just a uh, like, distraction. Then, that everyone's scared to death of. Yeah. Uh, the other skill that he's got is walk it off. So if you wound him, and he takes two move actions, he can just discard the wound. Fine. That's <laughs> fine. You got through my one-up save after two rounds of not being able to shoot me. I'll just have a walk. I'm I'm healthy again now. Rub some dirt on and I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then one of the other tactics cards lets you have two, um, two Goliath Juves with, like, friends on collars, so they're, like, all hyped up on drugs. Um, so they... Oh. They die off after every game and then get resurrected because they're not in my gang. They're just models that turn up for that fight. And then one of the territories I've got lets me hire two hive scum before every game in the exact same way. So I have four models that I can I just like put out in really stupid positions for you to have to target. So people shoot at them. And, it, and I always say, look, why are you killing these people? Red's not going to get mad at you. You hurt one of his boys. It's going to start coming out to play. Yeah, it's going to get ugly. Quick. <laughs> All right. Oh, look at him. He's hovering. He's within 14 inches of you. Can't shoot yeah. him because of his falsehood. So who do you want to shoot? Do you want to shoot the ogres who are all getting closer? And then Red's <laughs> going to come and get you. They're on their way. So, yeah, it's good fun. Good. Yeah, so I sort of, admittedly, different game, but... When we were doing really deep into our Blood Bowl League, it got to the point that, like, Chad and I were the only ones showing up on a fairly regular basis. Um, so what would happen is that we would have a game scheduled with Mark, or we'd have a game scheduled against Matt, and Matt wouldn't, wouldn't, and one of the two of them wouldn't show up, or one of the other six people that were in the league wouldn't show up. So, of course, Chad and I are there if we want to play Blood Bowl. It's an open league, so the way that we determined it is you're... You can't play the same person in back-to-back game. So, like, I can't play Chad and then play Chad again. Mm. But how it would work is, like, most often, Chad and I would play against each other. Then we'd play against what other one person showed up there. And then we'd play against each other again. And then we... So it got to the point that we had, like, two and a half million gold teams versus all these teams that had gotten, like, four games in. And while while there are inducements to kind of help as a balancing factor... And I agree that those do assist lower end teams that give them more of a shot. It's really difficult when you're looking at like a level three gutter runner that's like 
one turn scoring every time I touch the ball. Like it's not even a fair game at that point. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like I paid to put bounties out on a couple of the other gangs. I, That's um, what you do. There yeah. you go. There's ways of and like the inducements in Necromunda are really good. So like you don't the the standard rules in the core book are that you just get more tactics cards. Like every full hundred credits you get an extra tactics card. But basically the rules are that you can just spend that much money for free on hiring people to turn up for this game and then they leave. So you just do it in the same way. You make sure those are the people who are getting shot. Because if your gang doesn't take injuries, it doesn't matter. Nothing, winning and losing is irrelevant as long as you're not dying. Right, because you're just yeah. building up points to make your teams bigger and stronger kind of thing. Yeah, and getting a free Ogryn a quarter of the time instead of 136th of the time has been pretty lucky, you know? What are you going to do? Mostly when you roll a double six, I've rolled a double six after three of my games. Oh. Yes, good. yes. Those are good feelings. That Those are good days. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. Someone saw that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got like, 10 Ogryns in my gang, a Rogue Doctor, a Rattling swap, uh, Swapper, um, um, an Ambot, like mining, like it's an armball that's been converted into a robot and then sends to work in the mines. It's got like twin melter blasters on its power claws and just rips through through stuff. And then I've that's got yeah. And then I've got my two hired guns. They were like my my range fire support, and I've got the two Goliaths. So. Like eighteen or so. Well, no, like sixteen models all all done, and then I'm going to replace one of the um, hangers on, and then I want to start doing something else. I probably need to do like say some sisters of battle uh, or something. Just throwing that out there. Oh, I That'd know, nice. I know. It's I'm I'm aware. I'm aware of where I stand at the minute. But... I have boxes. I have bubble wrap. I told myself. I, I say this all the time. So and. If I box everything up and I send it to Chris, maybe. Maybe that'll be like, oh, crap. Now I've got stuff here. Now I have to do it. Oh, that's fine. I mean. I'm not I'm not pressuring you. I totally, yeah. totally get burnout. Totally get it. Yeah. Not, not to mention the fact like, that you, you, have, you have your own commission stuff. So, like, I don't want to, like, trample over that either. Let's see. How am I actually doing on my painting goals? I've not updated this yet with the, uh, the new stuff that I did. Uh, you, okay, so I've got uh, one of them, two models done there. The date's December the 4th, is it? Today is December the 4th. That's the day after my wife's birthday, so yes. Okay, so I'm at 278 models I've painted so far this year. I, and what day of the year is it? I, I don't have 338, so I'm 60 models behind, so... I've taken sixty days off so far this year from painting a model. Just get just order multiple boxes of a Gretchen. <laughs> That'll all work, right? I did. I've ten grots. I did. I did ten grots. It's fine. Oh, did you? Yeah, I've still got twenty left to do. But you know, snips and um, it was what was the other model I did? Snips. Oh no, that's wrong. This is more models than that. It was snips and the um, and body the ambot. And then I also did the dot and swapper. So I'm actually only 58 
days behind. Ooh, there you go. Live updates. In progress as we speak. Yeah. I, I feel better about that. You know, it's less than 60. Less than two months off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It'll be fine. You'll be okay. Oh, there's no way I'm getting that many, especially because I want to do some scenery. So that, that takes so much time. Like painting yeah, the I... painting the Rohirran house counted as one. So one of the things that I painted was a giant building. It'd be different if you had like the gigantic rank and file, like if you were doing Skaven, for example. Like, yeah. so much easier to be like, yep, I got like, or I'm doing like Gaunts or I'm doing something like that. Like, yep, I got 120 Gaunts painted in three weeks. Yeah. Like that, that'd be a huge boon, but yeah. Um, well, so I, don't, I played some X Wing, just you know, with an X, a quasi X Wing podcast, so you know, but um, yeah, I ran um, Vader in the tie advanced, not defender. Oh, um, you're on the list that you ran against me. Um, oh, a few changes to it. I went with um, still brilliant evasion, but I went with afterburners. And then um, the same four Inferno Squadron ties, but just all of them with marksmanship because I couldn't decide how to load my. Gotcha. They just, just all got marksmanship. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've been enjoying it. I, I got I got rolled by um, a scum list a bit. I played against uh, Jeremy Chumbalaya. Um, In person or did no, you play on? We played on okay. TPS. Um, I was going to say. He was buying um, like Boss Bubba and someone else, like Dengar or something, I can't remember. Um, it was like a bunch of just scum, and I was like, I'm not going to kill all of these quick enough, because I just joisted <laughs> the ties into um, the YB666 and didn't kill it quick enough. And then it's like, okay, I traded all of my TIE fighters effectively for, no, I think I lost two in a round. And then I was like, I've still not killed the 666, so that was difficult. Um, but lost that game. And then um, played against um, a Bubba and Guri list. Uh, just Bubba and Guri, two shit list. And that Ooh. one went a lot easier because I finally like um, just got damage onto Bubba Fett and then I get rerolls on defense. So I think we were counting rounds in that one. Um, like for a 12 round thing and we were running a timer as well but we got to round 7 was the round in which he popped I'd because one of the guys was watching and was like oh I don't know if you're in a, a good position like from the manoeuvres I had to do it, I had to take a turn where I like, turned everyone away so I had zero shots and then obviously I need to K turn the next turn so I'm going to get zero mods there He's like, oh, it doesn't look like it's going to be good for the next couple of turns. I was like, Claire, it's turn six. I've not popped Iden. I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, Iden yeah. in that list really kind of just makes that list last that much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, the first one, he got like four. It was hit, hit, crit, crit, or something stupid like that. I'd arrange one shot from Guri. Because I just like Guri get behind them. And I'm like, as long as I'm controlling Bubba Fett, uh, Guri can be behind me. It's one ship shooting a TIE fighter. Like, right. The, it doesn't really, like, yes, she might blow one up in one shot, but the chances are she won't. So, like, she did, like, four damage on one shot. 
I rolled the dice and got two evades. It's like, oh, look at that. I don't need to pop Iden. I'll just take the two damage and be left on one hull. And then the next turn, I went slow. So he overshot. So I couldn't shoot the same TIE fighter again. And then he shot again. Right. Like, oh, look at that. I evaded your shot this time. Still didn't pop Iden. And just yeah. the same. You know what I mean? Just over and over again. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. And that, like, knowing like, which, which ship you can just let let die as well. It's like, oh man, you, you killed Sane? Okay, cool, whatever. I yeah, think you get I'll the opportunity to make, the, make that choice of like, eh, it's okay. I'm going to yeah. save Aiden from this. Yeah, I, I'll just not let you kill Delmico because he gives everyone else re-rolls for defense. Right. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Um, took me a while. He had... Um, hull upgrade and shield upgrade on Boba Fett, so it took a long time to chew through. But uh, he also had Greedo on there, so like just Vader pumping him full of crits because it was like I've I've stopped taking fire control system on Vader because I'll just you know what I'll spend a force and get an extraction. It's okay. I'll target like you yep. again every turn, and yep. I find it gives him a bunch of freedom. Um. But it's like, okay, so I rolled my four dice, I got one hit, a focus, and two blanks. Well, okay, well, I'll turn the, the hit to a crit, I'll spend uh, the target lock to re-roll a blank, and then, oh, look at that, I only got, I got like two hits, so I'll spend one force and keep my focus token. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, oh, look at that, it's like, boom, four hits, well, sorry, two hits, two crits and stuff, consistently from Vader. And, oh, God. Yeah, it's good. I mean, the only thing that would make him better is him being the Vader and the Defender ability and just never actually not getting all of the hits. Just yeah. really cheap. But yeah, I love that ability to just like, you know what, this turn actions are important, so I'm going to like, take my uh, my barrel roll, my focus, and my target lock this round. Coming uh, from having played that ship in first edition, it makes me so happy to see that Vader in a tie advanced can still be relevant to the game. It I really... always bothered me. It always bothered me once we got into like wave four and beyond. Like there was a there was a time, there was a time whenever um Palpatine came out, you had the Fel Vader Palpatine list, and then the Inquisitor came out, and then they dropped Vader because he was the least efficient of the two. And then it became, you know, the Inquisitor fell and the Palp shuttle. And yeah. It was all, it's always nice. It's like, how does Darth Vader not relevant? And don't get me wrong. I get it. It's flying X-Wing on easy mode to have him in a tie defender. But technically he's supposed to be a badass in that ship. He is. He, I love it. I, I, I really enjoy playing that list. I'm not going to lie. It's the most fun I've had playing X-Wing for a while. Good old um, Vader in the tie advanced. Gotta love it. But like doing, like, um, I, I did a lot of like this. This guy now needs to barrel roll because I'm gonna swap Vader into the middle of them. So it'd be like three members of the swarm here. Um, Gideon would barrel roll, and then Vader would do the one bank from a different angle and just have a firing line facing Bubba. Yeah. Um, I did make one error. Um, where I. I re- I didn't expect it. Mark did. So he turned Bubba out, so he's facing back towards his own table edge, and cloaked. And then he, I was like, the the only move he can do here. Like, I wouldn't have 
been comfortable dialing in the too hard. It would have, it would, it fits, but it's like, I would have felt nervous about it. But then he dialed it. So I'm like, he's going to be doing the, the one harder way. So I'm just going to, I went, I committed to him doing that move. And then he did the three talent roll the other way, right into, literally into a corner of the map where, like, you couldn't have deployed him any further into a corner. I was like, yep, wow. you, you got me, Mark. I, but then I tried barrel roll invader across to see if I could just catch the angle and missed the angle, but I'd linked the action because I wanted to conserve my force. And then afterwards I was like, you know what? That was stupid. If I was going to do the barrel roll, I should have spent the force to do it so that I can K-turn next turn. Because now I can't K-turn. So that was a turn where yeah. everyone kind of just took safe moves to get out. Um, but I, it just it gave him one turn to reprieve. But yeah, it was good. It was well, good game. Good, fly, good flying. If he could drop that in there, though. Oh, I mm-hmm. I was impressed. I I didn't think I I didn't even see the move because I didn't like it. So it was like talent roll, and then you've got to slide it forwards because mm-hmm. like, if you went center, it's off the table. Yep. So I, I would never have doubted that in, in a million years. If it's that close, I would have doubted it. Yep. Well. I only ever pulled up something close like that once. It was at a regionals when I decloaked Whisper. And I we actually had to have a judge. I, I remember this distinctly. The judge was like, here's how I rule this. Because I'm going to put a, I'm gonna put a one stick right here, or the five stick, and I'm going to lift it up. And if it, you know, the ship moves, you're off the table. And I must have been like a millimeter on the table. And I was like... Because I was like, because it's one of those things in your brain, you're like, I can make that, right? Like, in your head, you've trained your eyeballs to be like, I can make it, I can make it. And then you put it down, and you're like, oh, so yeah. close. And that, there was a bunch of times in the game where I was doing the one bank with Vader a lot, and I, I'd i look at it, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to barrel roll here to make space for Vader to keep him where I want him to be. So I wanted the ties to be slightly ahead, so they were juicier targets. and I. I've been like looking at it like, if I do this, I'm gonna have to barrel roll. I can't do this move because it'll block Vader. And I was like, "What are you doing, Chris? It fits. Just fucking do it. It's fine." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah like, sometimes, sometimes overthinking is, you know, is X-wing. Yeah. I, I, did I? I didn't hit any obstacles and I didn't bump any shit, so I was happy. Ooh. Not, um, even, not even self-bumping to correct angles? Um, no, nothing. No bumps at all. Everything mm. was fine. Um, I blocked... Yeah, I, I did a... I blocked Bubba because I, I broke off Gideon to kind of just be annoying. Um, but yeah, it was good. I enjoyed... Like I said, I really enjoyed flying the list. So. I, I met, you miss Hellrunner. You feel it when you... Because I was... Yeah, full- I was going to ask about that. Focusing every turn with the TIE Fighters and like never getting to, like, never spending the focus. The number of times I removed my focus tokens in the end phase because it was, it'd be like hit and a miss. Mm-hmm. Like, two blanks. Okay. And I, oh, get in. I got two crits. Oh, you just evaded them. Okay. Cool. But <laughs> equally, like, I How won. How so. are you from getting Hal in that list? Oh, a long way. Because you like, oh. You're not dropping Iden because, no. uh, in fact, it doesn't even matter because I don't want Howl because it's Inferno Squadron. The entire list is yeah, Inferno yeah, Squadron I know, Vader. I know for your theme. 
Yeah. So I could drop Iden and take Hellrunner, but then the just TIE fighters that can die. Iden is what makes it super frustrating to play against. Right. I, ask Sean. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you, though. I wasn't frustrated against that list. It's just we. it was just a weird dice night, you yeah. know? It was one of those things, like, if you'd rolled one less evade for Vader or one less whatever, Vader would have been off the board, what, turn two? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just one of those weird things where... I'll be honest, Sean, I don't know in that in that exchange that I could have rolled less evade for Vader. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, in the three rounds that I had true shots at him, he still survived with one health, you know? Yeah. He had one hole left and yeah. was barely, barely hanging on at that point. But barely that's excellent. That's the yep. exact right amount. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I did. But I did make you blow Iden early. Yeah. And that's so. It. I I I tend to put him in a position where you know what? If I have to blow Iden early, it's fine because I'm rolling all of these attacks at you too. So. Right, exactly. But yeah, it's good. I do enjoy it. Um, and then, what else have I done? Um, I've been playing a little bit of just taking over on League of Legends. I watched the Arcane series Ooh. on um, on Netflix. It's really good. Arcane, highly recommend. Really good. So I've just so, been like taking over, playing yeah. some League. Can you answer a question for me? If you've never touched a game of League of Legends before, is it worth so, still watching? I think it will stand on its own. Okay, because that's that's the only reason why I didn't touch it, because I'm like, well, I've never played the game. So, like, it'd be like if they made a World of Warcraft movie and they did, and you never saw did anything in World of Warcraft. You had no idea what was going on. Like, is it worth it to see it? I, th- I think it's hard to say, because it, it's... I think it's it stands on its own. I think it's a very good show. I think the writing's good, the voice acting's good, the animation's good. Um, I I like Imagine Dragons, so I think the, the soundtrack's good. Yeah, um, we've got yeah. My wife's a gigantic fan. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I would highly recommend it. All right. Well, um, I've got a I've got a bunch of free time coming up in this month, so I'll make sure to add that to my watch list. Yeah. And then I picked up um, Gloomhaven on Steam, so we can got that. At some I got point, that already. Yeah, we uh, we look at getting Gloomhaven and maybe have a have a go. Play play some Gloomhaven. I was going to say if if everybody can get it and everybody needs to watch for the Steam sale on it, but it should be in full release now too. Yeah, it's on sale this weekend. Um, it, yeah. It's only a twenty percent off. It's not like a massive sale, but it's still no. But it wasn't. Price. I was gonna say, yeah, it's still cheaper. But we could use though that as like a fill-in game until we're ready to do something after D and D. Yeah, I thought about know. Saturdays as well, like replace Inquisitor with that. If Ed could, st- all right. Uh, I, in my defense, first of all, behind the scenes, when you're listening to us, we're recording this on the Saturday. The reason why we're recording us on the Saturday is because <laughs> our system admin decided to do updates to the .NET framework and what was the other thing? He put two updates on my SQL servers on Thursday morning that completely screwed my data warehouse, completely screwed up all of my 
link servers. It wasn't pulling any data from our replicated databases. Um, and I was in pure panic mode for about nine hours. So friendly advice to all of you system admins out there. If you intend to do updates to your SQL servers, for the love of God, please tell the SQL admin that you're doing that so that they can look them up and go, oh, wow, it's going to break all this other crap. Do we really want to do this? As opposed to finding it out the hard fucking way. <laughs> it was style. not a happy camper on Thursday. Not a happy camper at all. <laughs> oh, wow. my wife. Supposed to pick my wife's cake up. I was late for that. It was, it was god awful, just god awful. So, in any case, yeah, friendly piece of advice to all you system admins out there. For the love of God, please tell the system ad or the SQL admin that you're making changes to their SQL server before you do them, not after. Um, well, I feel like I, I started watching Hawkeye as well. That was fun. Seems fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it's. It's different than the others that they've had so far. It's just De more fun. Yeah, it's definitely the the holiday show. Uh, yeah, the holiday yeah. show. Yeah, it, most definitely. It's it, it, it's just fun, and like, yeah. I'm sure it'll amp up uh, at the end and like feel like it's added to the universe kind of thing. But, well, it has to because yeah. it's setting up other stuff. This is a yeah. setup show. It's yeah. kind of like basically the way I would describe it is it's like MCU diehard, yeah. you know, being a Christmas, not a Christmas movie, but a Christmas time movie where, yeah. where it definitely sets it up. Yeah. It's kind of like that. But yeah, there are things in it that have to happen, I think, for other stuff in the MCU to, you know, continue. Yeah. Um, and then what else did I do? Um, I watched Dune. Dune. Did we talk uh, about that in the last show, I thought? I Maybe possibly. I can't, did I talk about me having watched it? I can't remember. I don't know. Sean, have you seen it? Because I don't know if I want to oh, get yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen it like three or four times already. Same. Same. I think uh, I've seen it three. So I don't know if we need to put a spoiler alert here. Stop now. I, I really don't know because, like, if you don't know the story, and I, I didn't know the story because I'm reading the book as well, but, mm -hmm. like, I didn't know the story, but I don't feel like spoilers for Dune uh for game. You know what I mean? Uh, the yeah, no, I agree. I, long. I, I a hundred percent agree. And you had a movie in what eighty four, eighty five? Yeah. A David Lynch film. Yeah. yeah. So, so I as, I as I mean I get it. Before, we are gonna talk about it, I imagine, but like just a little just a little. So First of all, I'm with you. I had never read the book as a kid. My first exposure to the Dune universe in any way, shape, or form was the 86 Lynch film. And I, I, don't love I, I don't believe you. I think your first exposure to a universe was playing 40K. No, so I actually <laughs> saw the 86 film, uh, the Dune film, before I started playing 40K, just for the record. But yeah, I agree. There's a lot of stuff that Games Workshop may have borrowed from the Dune universe. I'm not going to deny that. Got to protect um, that IP. Yep. So the... I will. I think the director of that film took a really big chance breaking it into two films. I think it was the right decision overall. He didn't. Ha he didn't have a choice. I don't think. No, I because agree. he he wanted to do he wanted to do the mega film, and the studio told him you can't do a five hour film. Yeah, you know, so you're stuck with this, and you know we were not going to fund the second unless the first succeeds. And that's where um, the problem comes in. 
because my first of all, we know the second film's confirmed, so a lot of this is moot, I admit. However, the way th- that film does not have an ending. It doesn't. It doesn't need to. It, to me, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there, Ed, because I've heard this same argument before. What it reminds me of is the ending to the first Lord of the Rings movie. It just ends. It just ends. So Fro- the- Frodo and Sam are looking out across the you know, towards Mordor and it ends and that's the end of it. You know, the analogy that I like, do you remember in the nineties, whenever the movie Titanic came out on, never seen it, but yes. All right. Braveheart. Did you see Braveheart? It's been eight. Unfortunately. Okay. So, so when Braveheart came out on VHS, it literally was such a long movie. It came out on two VHSs. So you put the first VHS in and then the film just stops. Stops. Yeah. And then you take the other one out and put the other one in and watch oh, the rest of the movie. Did, did America That's not the... invent long play? No. The, no. If you look it up sometime. If you look it Did, up, no. you will is see this a, those... Is this a pile thing? Do you not have it on? Is it whatever the format in is from America? No, no because just... in America, the, the film format for VHS was the middle play because of film quality. When you did long play, the film quality yep. was less than yep. short play. And, you know, you had to use, EQ, you know, the, the at the time, the $25 EQ tapes if you wanted to do anything on long play, which nobody was ever, you know, a studio was never going to put them out on that. So right. I've, I cannot think of anything I've ever watched on VHS that was over two tapes. No, other no. than like series and stuff, all of the pile versions are in extended, uh, like long play. I'm going to look it up now. I think over time they did that, Chris, but at the beginning of it, no, not because you were fighting with Betamax also, you know, VHS was trying to fight the, the higher quality that Betamax gave, which they couldn't do if they were doing it in long play because Betamax was a much better video quality. Here we go. Let's see if I can copy this. I'm going to put this in podcast crap so that we can talk about the same thing. But legitimately, this is how we got this in the U.S. Was it was two VHS in one box set. I know because yep. I still have mine. Yep. So uh, my point is how this film worked was I mean, quite literally. Did you I? Got the, it was a three and a half hour film. So you uh, got about to the, I don't know, hour, almost two hour mark. And the movie just stopped as it was transitioning from one scene to the next, and you took that tape out and you put the next one in and you continued on. Dune 2021 did the exact same thing where there is no climax to that film. There's the beginning. You get some character background. You get this really cool conflict. Do, do, you, do you get some character background? Okay. So there are a lot of things that were left on the, that had to have been left on the cutting room floor. The fact that the word mentat is never mentioned in the film really bothers me. And I'm not sure. It doesn't bother me at all. I I have a, I'll tell you why it doesn't bother me because I think what you're going to see are callbacks. You know, you're going to see flashbacks. You're going to see a lot of those things that we didn't see in the first, in the second to spell out the first, because, you know, he never mourned Duncan. He never mourned, gurney he never really mourned his dad other than hiding mm-hmm. in the tent with his mom you know which probably so, the the lip sync 
The lip sync for Dune is funny if you ever watch that. Uh, I have when, they're, to when they're when they're in the tent, it's hilarious. I, but... I I saw it on my YouTube feed and I just did I didn't click on it. I should have. I will. Yeah. I so but that's um, the it's... overall, I was extraordinarily happy with the film. There's a lot of call, there's a lot of stuff that is shown in the film that's not explained that the book readers are going to get. That so, the casual person in the Dune universe may not get, but overall, I thought it was very well done, and I'm really looking forward to the second film. I feel like I'm in Chris's position whenever Force Awakens or whenever Last Jedi came out, where I'm like, I really can't fully evaluate this film until I see it the second half to be able to give a full evaluation because it is clearly one half of a full story where the film literally just stops, mm-hmm. and I assume we're gonna pick right up where the last one left but, off. Like, it, it, if that's your main complaint, I've got a better complaint. I think sure. that they shouldn't have hired the person who controls the volume from your TV show to be ads to do the the audio for it, because yeah. like some of those fucking musical bits are real loud. <laughs> so like, so when I watch so so, and I think that's that's Denise style because when I watched um twenty four uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I have. I have. I can attach my hearing aids to, or have them connect to my TV and stuff. And I literally had to have my hearing aids in to watch that because the music and the talking just don't mix right. You know, for a person with hearing loss, they don't mix correctly. So it's the same thing with Dune too. When I watched Dune, I didn't use my hearing aids this time. I put the i put uh the closed captioning on yep and and so i could follow everything that's going on and being said because the movie sound and that's just i think his style i've seen um what's the 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 movie with uh hawkeye in it and what's her name about the aliens coming arrival arrival it was an arrival or yeah Maybe. Yeah, it's Arrival. Yeah, it's it's Arrival. I've seen that like 30 times, but that one has some of that same sound issue too. So I just think it's the way Denis makes yeah. films. See, I disagree with that. I think that's a modern film thing. I think it's something to do with the new Dolby sound that if you're not set up for full surround sound... But the, I, the, this was at the cinema. All right. Which All is right. done in Dolby. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not disagreeing. I, I've had this problem with films, I want to say the last five years, at least where the music is always loud and booming, but you have to turn the volume up to hear whatever is being spoken on film. And then some big fight scene happens where there's explosions and you have to get to grab the remote and drop the volume down because it's blowing out everyone's eardrums. Uh, It's all like the atmospheric music was really loud, I felt, which, I mean, it was impactful and good. It's not a, it wasn't a real complaint. It's just whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to go on to our Ed's, actual point about it uh, obviously i'm in a i'm not, I'm not gonna say a unique position i'm sure a million people are like oh i'm reading dune now but like i was halfway not even i was like a quarter of the way through it when i went to watch the film because i was like, i wanted to watch it in cinema and i'm like i'm not gonna finish a book in time so i'll just go and watch it and then like i think i don't think it's a movie choice i think it's emulating this writing style because not, none of that like Mentat stuff's explained in the book yet. The word Mentat has been said. Yeah, well, it's, but it, it's not said. It's written. 
but it's not explained what one is. No one says, oh, men tap, go and do some brain computer shit for us, buddy. And well, like, if you, if you go, exist. but if you go back and if you go back and look at the Lynch version of it, basically the entire backstory is the beginning when uh, what's her name the 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 emperor's daughter is telling you about the planets, mm-hmm. you know, Gidi Prime and all those, basically telling you the entire backstory at that point, which he didn't do in this, and, and so. She's in the movie, but I, she doesn't I will, speak a word. I'm going to guess that you two will know this, but I might be wrong, so if not, it might. But, like, um, when Blade Runner originally came out, it wasn't supposed to have the Harrison Ford voiceover at the start. Correct. That was edited yeah. in later. Yeah, it was added in because the studio felt that the audience was too stupid to understand what was happening if it wasn't spelled out for them. Well, I so what I, I don't think they particularly phrased it that way. I think the phrase was the long lines: the movie doesn't have a beginning; it just jumps right into the story. But, I think that's that's the. But I agree with you that that's probably what they were saying. Yeah, and I think that Ed's complaint is that people are too stupid to watch this, and I mean, because the only way to explain it is either to have an exposition bunny pop in and go, "Oh, what's happening? Why did I? Why did his eyes do that?" Oh well, listen here, Sonny. And in, they do it for I think, other things. What in yeah, that but, in uh, that specific movie? What do they do it for? Uh, they discuss uh, Leto's plan for why he felt that the Fremen were so important. Something that the Lynch but, film ignored. Yeah, but and that's well, I can't even fucking what. Well, what, they did that what, with Duncan. You know, they they did that through Duncan's storyline. Yeah. yeah. In this movie with. Basically, Duncan came back stating he thinks the Fremen are more important than people think. And yeah. I think well, this, I think that it's very difficult. I've never read Dune and I will, I've picked it up probably five times and have tried to read it five times and just can't get through because of the way he writes. But it's to me, I think this is one of those movies that is nearly impossible to make and make everybody happy. Oh, See, yeah. the one. The one thing that I always, everyone always shits on this part for the Lynch film. The one thing that I loved about the Lynch film, because it was the first time I'd ever seen voiceovers of what characters were thinking. That's the one thing when everyone always makes the complaint. That's so lazy. The book is better than the film because you never really know what the characters are thinking. And I get the argument, but it fills in a lot of those gaps with the voiceovers, did it? Oh, but, it was so well, what, way what it, overdone. What it actually does is go, "Oh man, this fucking actor can't act, so we better just explain what's going on yeah. for you." Because well, I mean, it's too much of a shitter. Isn't that what doesn't doesn't though the internal monologue like that go back to silent films? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was very. You know, I've watched a lot of silent films, which I'm not a fan of silent films, but I've watched a lot of them, and without with without that you know expression of what the what they're saying in silent films you would never figure out what the hell was going on in most of them you know metropolis you wouldn't have a clue if they didn't put in you know didn't put in what the hell they were talking about because it makes no fucking sense otherwise the the only one that i the only choice that feels off to me and i'm not a fan of because of my interpretation of the book and the characters is Jessica in the movie 
feels completely off to Jessica in the book. She is. Because, and I, I will because agree with that she's just in the book, she's very poised and all of this internal strife. But obviously, you can't. It's really hard to convey that without Ed's point of an internal monologue. So, exactly. and that's, she. Exactly. The, she they, they portray it through her being a wreck. And, and like, she's I think it, it's. Yeah, it started off okay, like putting the hand in the box when she was outside the door. It felt okay, though. Yeah. But the, the further it went, the more I was just like, uh, uh, So I uh, 100% agree with you. If they have one character that I feel that they got incorrect, it was definitely Jessica's character. 100%. But if, you've, if you listen to what Denis has said, is that in Act 2 or in the yeah, second but, part of this, she's going to explode like a monster, basically. And the story, the, the hardest part, I think, is is it all depends what your interpretation of the story of Dune and whose eyes it's through. Because if you think it's through the eyes of, of at this point, you know, Jeremy Chal- or Chalamet's character, if you, think it's, yeah. if you think it's through his eyes, then it changes the way that Lady Jessica looks. If you think it's through Lady Jessica's eyes, it changes the way <laughs> all this stuff looks, you know? And... That's the hardest part in this is that who whose eyes are you watching this movie through, especially if you're you've read the book, you know, because I'm, when I'm I when I watch his eyes, when I when I watch it, <laughs> so it's interesting to me because role. because to me, the way that I view Lady Jessica at this point is she's the protector of Paul right now. She's the protector of Paul and she's the one who's trying to push Paul Without and, and this is through my eyes, Chris. This is through the way that I view it, is that her character is there to guide Paul to the next step, to where Paul becomes, you know, because in the book there's a two-year gap. You know, what yes. people don't get is that there's a two-year gap. If you watch the David Lynch film, you would never have thought there was a two-year gap. Mm-mm. They they glance over it with these uh, recycled battle sequences. Exactly. A scene of, of Colin McLaughlin and Sh- um, what the heck was her name? Who played Johnny? Oh, oh uh, Sean Sean Young. Sean Young, thank you. They're kissing and their love grew, and then boom, we're two years later. But they never tell you that. They don't tell you that, but that is the timeline from in the book is two years. No, I can't say Jessica. I she doesn't. How, she's not protecting him. If she was protecting him, she would have fought her own battle, wouldn't she? No, no, that's not what I'm talking. I'm like, talking about. I'm not talking about like protection, like her yeah. getting out in front. Because at the beginning, you know, she, when he meets, you know, when he meets the the Fremen clan, she does. She's the one who throws herself in front of Paul, tells Paul to get GTFO, and uh-huh. she's the one who basically attacks. You I know, think the. the, the I think the two big character bits were missing for me from her story. I think um, I forgot the the old woman's name with the knife. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think um, yeah, she needed to draw the blood because in the movie she doesn't draw blood with the knife, mm-hmm. which lessens that moment. And I think the scene in the botanical oh, garden. The, um... you're, you're talking about the Fremen woman, right? Yeah, the old Fremen woman when she. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, that's. Um... I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and then the bit where she finds a warning in the botanical garden in the book, 
I think is an important well, isn't there, setting isn't to there her, a, what her yeah. second role is. Because obviously you isn't get there the like a, Isn't there like a feast in the book too? Yeah, or, or like seems... a dinner that isn't in the in either movie. That yeah, and that a lot of the cool. a lot of the Dune book people say needs to be in the movie, and uh, you know the the thing I'm hoping for, Chris, out of all of this, is what I'm hoping for is that we get this assembly of the movie. We get the second part. We get that assembly of the movie, which hasn't been made yet. You know, that's the other thing is is that all of his choices can be retconned, you know, basically like they did in Star Wars by uh, adding I, in flashbacks or anything that they want to do to retcon it. But I don't think my, anything necessarily needs retconning. It's because like, no, 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 I'm not, not talking really about, about retconning. I'm not, I'm not complaining, though. What I'm saying is that her character was different to how I experienced her character in the book. Yeah. No, I agree that with that you. doesn't mean that her portrayal of this character in the movie is wrong. Because this character in the movie right. is di- a different character to a character in the book. Is he all? But are. in a well. in a two two and a half three hour long movie, I think as a director you have to choose. You know, you have to choose who are we following in this. And both directors who have made this movie have decided to follow Paul as the main character. Where, in my opinion, if if I were the one from all of my understandings of the book, the book is about Paul, but it's really Lady Jessica is gigantic in the book. The first one I would agree with. Yes. Now, my point well, is, is that... Uh, are we this... looking forward to Dune 4 when Duncan Idaho is back? Well, is that like... Which one is that? Children of Dune or whatever? I think it's Children of Dune, and that's like, what? A thousand... 500, 500,000 years, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, where they clone him. Yes. I, yeah. I was like, oh, man. What, what they find is All these people I was excited about, and they're all just dead. We're all dead, man. What the fuck? I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I've seen two iterations of this story in movie form. I know I've never watched the the series and whatever that, that came out. Pretty good. It, it suffers from everything that ever was on the Sci-Fi Channel, with the exception of Battlestar Galactica. It was very under budget. Um, so the costume work. If you're willing to suspend your disbelief and recognize that the CG is going to look bad. And the costumes are going to look bad because they didn't have a ton of budget. And if you just focus in on the story and the acting, it's a good, it's good. I really did like the, especially the children of Dune that they did after that kind of sums up children and heretic all in one. Um, It's a good series. If you get to watch all three, you know, the both series back to back, it is going to look like crap. I have yeah. no other way to explain it. It was on sci-fi channel. How Battlestar Galactica got the budget that they did to look as good as they did. and then this was the output for the dune um that having i feel like we've been shitting on this movie for like 45 minutes i need to admit like i absolutely loved it and i'm really happy with how it came out overall all of the things that i've complained about are little nitpicky things more than anything because i'm a fan because i'm a fan of the series i'm gonna have my little nitpicky things yeah. so i would say like uh, if june's like an eight out of ten like, okay it's probably a, a nine so there okay. you go. Yeah. What in full circle? What is what is out of what is a nine? Okay, the League of Legends TV. Show oh, the League of Legends. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to say this. Now I did watch um, Foundation on Apple TV. I enjoyed it. I've never read the book. Never so read. I've never read. Either. Never read the series, but I enjoyed the show because the show. So with me, 
I lose interest with pacing. So my ADHD kicks in and I just, it's GTFO. I cannot like the expanse is so good because there's only a few slow spots and the pacing is just there, you know, Battlestar Galactica until you got to season four or 4.5, whatever they call it. And really Um, part of season three, Battlestar Galactica ends when they get to New Caprica. That's the end of that show. Yes, <laughs> yes I, I would I would agree with that portion of it, and then you get to, like, Battlestar Galactica no, no, 1980. There isn't any you know, more, it's, it's done. Well, it's like BSG 1980 after that, where, you know, are you going to watch the knockoffs, you know? Yeah. You know, the but Foundation was really good. Um, it's the only reason why I subscribed to Apple Plus, and I can cancel till season two comes out. Yep. But it was enjoyable. It was a good... It's a good way because I like that dystopian style, that dystopian feel that you get out of that. Where Dune is like, to me, like there's three three things that I like. I like like that Star Wars or or the the sci-fi that is space driven, like Battlestar Galactica. Although that kind of is a different trope for me, but like Battlestar Galactica and um, uh, I think my brain's farting out, but that and the expanse are like it one in the same to me as far yeah, as style I, I goes, because it's it. because it's driven based upon humanity, you know, humanity as we know it, where Star Wars and things like that are based upon that that, you know, far flung, you know, that story a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's a then fantasy, I, I, not a sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, it's not a sci-fi, it's more of a fantasy. And then I like the I like that dystopian or, you know, future that's really weird, really bleak style. I like that. You watch or that? I really I like post apocalyptic. Those did, are the three Did you watch uh, Altered Carbon? There I watched the, I've watched the first season all the way through. Yeah. Loved I've, it. I watched a little I, bit of a second season, but it kind of lost my interest. I, I get that's it. That's my I'm, 80... My, yeah. if, if they, they, shift, they shift the actor for the main character. Yeah, that's a big with, thing. Just, I, yeah, justifiable reasons. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, and I agree with you. I had the same joke. And I actually off. like Anthony Mackie as an actor. Same here. I did not like him in Altered Carbon. He didn't fit to me. And, and, and that's just... And it's not for any reason other than... That story was nowhere near as good as the first one. Yeah. That that, that storyline was kind of like watching Doctor Who, you know, the... Thank you. you know, You're another person that's given that analogy that makes sense to me. You know, where, where you hit some seasons that are so bad, you know, that, you know, the last two Doctor... You know, the last two Doctors, they're just shitty writing all the way around. And that's what I felt Altered Carbon Season 2 was, was that way. If they would have kept it, I think with the same actor doing the same thing again, it probably would have been just as good as the first season. But I get it. I understand why they couldn't, because that's not the story. Has anyone yeah. seen uh, Wheel of Time yet? No, nope. not yet. I've, I'm probably what is that on? Skip what is that on? Um, Amazon. Amazon Prime. It's on Prime. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. So I'm, I'm gonna, I heard, I'm though, gonna... I heard, though, it's not the books. I heard it's like the setting after the books that's what i've heard i i don't know so here's here's the catch i i'm gonna commit a, a nerd faux pas here i've never read the series by yep, the time i by the time i'd heard about the series there were already like 11 or 12 books into the series and i was like i don't know if i want to pick up a series that big right now 
So kind I'm of kind of the opposite. So I did a bunch of like Raymond E. Fee stuff where it's a bunch of different sagas and like spans a massive amount of time. And I, there's like a bunch of trilogies or um, four book mm-hmm. series in there. And I really enjoyed all of that. But the difference for me for Wheel of Time stuff is he died. So it's not, I, I'm not going to read something that. But yeah, it, Robert, I don't, Robert Jordan's the one yeah. who was the original author. Yeah, I don't care how good the transition is. It's not, it's, it's my it's fear. Not the original. Of, it's my fear for Game of Thrones. Uh, if I'm yes. le- if I'm left with the ending being what the showrunners did because Martin never finishes it, I I'll, I I won't it it'll detract from the end. And this is something I always argue against, so I'm being very hypocritical here. But it will detract from my enjoyment. Like I will I, I'm currently I reread books all the time. I'm Same. fun. I, I like comfort of that story, Same. but I will not reread. Game of Thrones. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not investing more into it because it will detract from it if he doesn't. If I don't get his story, and I don't. I have him. I, I have watching a, it. Like I, I, I have him on his. I have him on the Kindle, ready to go. But I want. See, I, that's my problem with things. Is I have a hard time watching series right Here, that are in progress because of my ADHD where I fall off and then if at any point I don't like something, I'm done. You know, that's why I took a huge risk watching the expanse because well worth it for that one. Well, that one was, that was a good deep dive, but it all comes down to like, uh, to me, the series, there's two book series that have been a, that, that movie makers have totally missed out on. One is the incarnation of immortality series by, by Piers Anthony. That one, somebody should pick that up and make it out of the the seven books into seven movies. It would be incredible. Or seven Um, seasons of a great show. Correct. Yes, seven seasons of a great show if you can get the budget, because it'd be a high-budget show. Mm -hmm. The second one is R.A. Salvatore. Oh, God. And and the the Crystal Shard series and yes. the Dro Underdark series. Yes. And and do them with the Dro Underdark series first and then have him meet Brunor and, and Caddy Bree and those guys and make that into a long series because to me that's D&D. That so, storytelling that he does is D&D. Not the piece of shit that they threw up on film of the Dungeon Dragons movie with. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't Jeremy no. Irons, I love Jeremy Irons, I really do. But good God, did he ham it up in that movie? I don't know if this is an accurate representation of like Greg's opinion, but I'll go throw it out there anyway. But like, I would argue on Greg's behalf, I haven't read it, but um, Dragonlance would be a better adaptation. So Dragonlance, so, so Dragonlance is the opposite to me. I didn't like Dragonlance. In that I didn't totally get Dragonlance. Like, I never got the world. I never got what Kryn really stood for. And I played the video games. I read some of the books. But I never really understood, like, what people really liked about it. You know, I could never figure that out. Where, like, like I loved Greyhawk. I loved what Gary Gygax did with Greyhawk. And what Gary Gygax did with Kanan. And what Gary Gygax did with that entire world, I that to me felt like D and D. 
you know, when you get to Forgotten Realms, which is Ed Greenwood's world, or, you know, mm-hmm. that world that Ed Greenwood played in, it's different, you know. But I still like that one because, of course, that's where Drizzt lives and exists and all that, which I can say, if I were ever to build a world, it would be uh, an amalgamation of the two. You know, yeah, that's, the reason, that's the reason why Forgotten Realms is like the default setting for D and D because it's well, it's also a planet that's you know if you take if you take uh, O Earth, which is the the planet that you know is uh, uh, Greyhawks in, and you stick it into the Forgotten Realms, the planet of Forgotten Realms is gigantic compared yeah. to that. You know, oh man, the, it's it's a weird, really weird, isn't it? I like some of the characters are from one one world, and then the others are like from yeah. a different one. You're all just yep. in winter around Barovia. Weird. Weird. So, well, yeah. I've well, got two things I want to pump on here real quick. First of all, they did make a Dragonlance movie. It was an yes, animated. They did. It was uh, an animated I, I, so what I'm talking Keith, about is now. Kiefer Sutherland did the voice for Raceland, and it was shit. I was so excited when that movie came out. I'm like, yes, they're going to finally do Dragonlance. And it was so poorly done. It, it, it was almost as bad as how they misrepresented Dungeons and Dragons in the Dungeons Dungeon and Dragons movies. It right. was... It was Dragonlance. It, it it was a shitty animated movie with a Dragonlance logo thrown on it. it so I was so disappointed with that. And the second one, of course, is I just learned that there's a book that I need to go and get that talk about other realms that are trapped in the mist other than Ravenloft. Because up until this mm-hmm. point in time in my life, I did but, not realize that, that there oh, were yeah. other realms other oh, than Raven, I did not yeah. realize that. I don't know how I missed that in my Dungeons and Dragons the, the theology. Like Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, there's the mummy, uh, the Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's all different. And so basically, now I'm there's any, get that anything just you want. Up on that. Van Richten's guide to Ravenloft. Uh, yes, yeah, but but you have to go back to second edition to really love it. Because what they've done with it today is just so watered down, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. You got to get the, and I, I'm not sure if I have it. I don't know if I have it or not anymore. I'd have to go look. But there is actually a book that you know, book that talks about a lot of them. You know, we probably have it in the store. It's fine. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah, and it's just it. To me, my favorite to run is is definitely the realm of terror because that's really what it is. You got to remember it's, it's not, it's, it's the realm of terror. That's really what you're in. And then Strahd has a Rovia within the realm of terror and it's a demi plane. It's not a full plane of existence. No, I, knew, I knew that. I ju- it's it a just... demi plane and nobody really knows truly where it's at. It just pulls Right from you know prime planes and it pulls them out. You guys have seen what's underneath it, just nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, underneath it, underneath it, until something formulates, you know, there could be an underworld world underneath where Strahd is at that you don't even have a clue because some evil evil fire giant or something that lived in the underworld, you know, or the Dro for that matter could be there, you know. Um, that's why the, the realm of terror is probably the coolest one that there is because it's a it's to me it's a no holds barred no no rule matters you know because if you go back to the original realm of terror and you you look at what clerics can do they're very limited in the original not in fifth edition but in in first edition second edition clerics were very limited they couldn't reach out to their gods so their spells they're 
Bellis were oh, extremely wait, shrunk sound down. Familiar now that you're saying that. I yes. do recall that being a rule. Yep, it oh. is. I wonder was that in the manual of the planes that they talk about that? Because I'm nope. gonna have to. Nope, nope, no. Nope. Ravenloft, Ravenloft is a whole, whole different series. It came way after the the manual of the planes and all that. No, I know, but when they talk about the realm of terror, because like I'm trying to imagine like that cosmology they did for D and D, where like you, I'm thinking like the Planescape book where they showed like all of the individual realms, prime material, positive, negative planes, and like they've always shown like the mists, kind of like this roaming around the cosmology of D and D, and I I know I have read that before. Now that you've said that, that's gonna bother me now. Well. Your your planes, you have the inner planes, the outer planes, mm-hmm. and then you have the demi planes, you know, and you have the ethereal plane is kind of the the one that sits in between everything. You go through the ethereal right. plane, the, so you have the prime planes, which there's a multiverse, so multiple prime planes exist, which is what Kryn is, which is what Awareth mm-hmm. is, which is you know what yeah uh, you know uh, all the all of those are. But when you get down to it, they all connect through the ethereal plane, which then from there you have the ability. And, and it may have changed over the years, but I'm just going off my knowledge of first edition. First edition, second edition, Adina. Yeah, because the abyss, you know, the abyss and hell are two different planes of existence. Yeah. You know? One has devils, one have demons. Correct. One has nine planes, and one has infinite, but at least 666 planes, you know? And you always see it as this, you know, the little looping thing as it goes down deeper into the, into the abyss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could go grab the book, but I don't know if, you know, we want to continue down this, this road since we still have Ed's flight deck to talk about. Oh God, I haven't even talked about my stuff yet. No, we just went completely off script on this one. <laughs> All right. I'll get my stuff out of the way real quick. Oh, so well, we I've not finished yet. Like, oh, fucking oh, hell. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> my flight deck. My goodness, by all means, please continue. He's he's just on page one of his 40-page flight deck. It's not my fault you two two went and, like, riffed off my flight deck. Jesus. Yeah, you do. And then I started a 45-minute conversation. (laughs) So I finished the uh, the new Thrawn book, uh, Lesser Evil. It's really good. Uh, Puts a nice bow on that trilogy. Like, How much is it? Does it completely? I guess it would have to completely recon his character from the the Zon series at this point. Oh, so this is before he has any contact with. So, um, the way they were released is that the New Throne trilogy came out, which is like pre Rebels. So it's pre Heir to the Empire. Yeah, well, so obviously, Heir to the Empire theoretically could still be canon. In the timeline, and nothing would have to change. I'm not. I'm not arguing for that. I don't really care. I, I can still read them and enjoy them because that's yep. after Jedi. But yes. um, and and that is the end of Thrawn's story. Yeah, yeah. But if the, you stay with him until Rebels came along, and then we yeah. don't know what the end of his story is anymore. No, but well, we do. No, no, that's no, what no, I we mean. Do. You, we you, do. The end of his story can still be the Earth of the Empire. Right. The last the last command when he's killed by the Nograi, spoiler alert, when he's killed by the Nograi. 88, when that series come out? Oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, um, we, you know, he's killed by the Nograi well after, you know, I mean, pre, pre-garbage, three garbage movies, if you want to call it that. You know, it's, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Before, I, yeah, before they got relegated to Legends, yes. Correct. Yeah. 
But um, so the first trilogy is his exposure to the the empire and him coming up in the ranks and earning his commission and all of that, um, and ends right before ish Rebels timeline. Like you meet Minister Tua in there and all of that, and it gets fleshed out there. The second Thrawn trilogy is his time in the Chiss Ascendancy, um, and so pre Empire. So it's pre. It's the prequel to his trilogy. Yeah, um, but it's so literally you're reading. So the Sean will love it. You're reading about it, and there's no Jedi's because they don't exist in the Ascendancy. Like the yep. the no, Republic. No, but they don't exist in the yeah, in the Chiss Ascendancy and the chaos and the Spider Space series. The Republic hasn't reached there. They have no foothold. There's nothing. So the uh, Jedi don't exist. No one. If you if you were to say to someone, "Have uh, seen that Jedi?" They're like what? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's good. It's it. It still manages to be Star Wars without being Star Wars. So. Oh, it's a, like a solo story of Star Wars. Yeah, it's good. It's Star I, Wars with not really being Star Wars. You know? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it still feels like Thrawn. Um, it's good. I, I would recommend. Then I'm back to... Uh, obviously, I'm reading June at night on my Kindle. I'm listening to Ravana Rogue at the moment. So a third Ooh. Ravana book. Is Warhammer forty thousand um, Inquisitors going around doing stuff? Makes me want to run forty um, k RPGs. <laughs> no, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, and that's my flight deck. So Aww. really quick, I do have to ask a question um, on Chris's flight deck. So the forty k RPG is that the one that Fantasy Flight made, or is that a different one? Uh, this is a new one. Right, so there's. Dark um, Dark Heresy was by uh, Black Library, and then um, Fantasy Flight took it over when they got the license. Yeah, um, and then they uh, so Dark Heresy is pretty much Games Workshop's own. And then you get into the Black Crusade Space Marine parts of it, which is a lot more of FFG stuff, just cashing in for the easy money, basically. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Sp- Space Marine, yeah, bah. and then whatever. Yeah. But yeah, all the good stuff was pre FFG, and then this one it was originally by, um, not Ulysses, some German company begins with U. Got lots of S's and L's in it, but I can't remember. Um, and then it's been taken over by Cubicle Seven because the quality control of the actual physical product was atrocious. And Games Workshop just went, nah. Nah, we're not going to nah. let you do this. <laughs> yeah, so it went to Cubicle 7. But I've got gotcha. pretty much everything that's released for that. That is my version of Ed's Alien Obsession. That's good. I'm still waiting for them to announce, I'm still waiting for Free League to announce the next expansion to the Alien RPG anyway. I'm actually surprised we haven't seen it for the Christmas season. But alas, oh well, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's it. Okay, so mine. Mine's not going to be nearly as long, or hopefully doesn't have nearly as many spinoffs. Good, because it's like an hour and 43 minutes into a recording. All right, so what have I done in the last couple of weeks? Uh, we got some 40K in. Um, so to get into the reason why my game only lasted two turns, 
Chris, I don't know how things work at the Century Box. What I can tell you how things have traditionally worked at my local game store has always been the same for years and years and years, and suddenly they've changed and I don't like it. So traditionally what would happen on Tuesday nights and Friday nights, obviously for Friday Night Magic, while the sign outside of the store does say that they close at 8 p.m., traditionally that has never been re- never been enforced, simply because they know that Tuesdays and Fridays are the nights that most people are in there, they're spending the most money on those days, and games will go on until about like 9, 9.30 before people button up and head home. The store has hired a new employee who I don't even know his name because you walk in the door, he kind of gives you the nod and then that's it. No interaction whatsoever. Like all of the other employees are personable. They'll strike up conversations. They'll get involved in the nerdy talk. If we're talking about anime or we're talking about star Wars or we're talking about not this guy and this guy, it's eight o'clock literally the lights go out and he's like, all right, five minutes before I'm out of here, button up. What doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. It's eight o'clock by eight Oh five. We've got to be out. And for the working stiff, even like, so I've, we've gone back into our COVID protocol is actually taking a step backwards. Um, at work, we're going back to twos and twos or twos and threes, meaning I'm, in the office three days a week this week. And then the next week I'm in the office two days a week, which means we're reducing the amount of time that we're actually on site. So even with that, I still work until five o'clock. My commute is literally close my laptop lid, throw everything into the car and get out there. I'm at the store by six o'clock. That gives me two hours. By the time you get a table set up, set your objectives up, grab all of your armies, Get everything out and about. Roll as he goes first. Deploy. You're not really starting a game till about 6.45, which gives me an hour and 15 minutes to potentially play a game, which has become extraordinarily frustrating. The last two to three games, the last two games that I've played at the store, when you get to a point like Chad and I got to the end of turn two and he looks at his watch and goes, it's five minutes to eight. We might as well start buttoning up. Like you haven't even gotten the full game in. You haven't even gotten like there was enough that we could probably determine who was going to win. But there's I mean, it's a dice game. All kinds of crazy shit could happen in that. And it's getting genuinely frustrating for me. So like my hope is that they move this guy to a different time slot other than Tuesday nights because enough people are complaining about it. Like I get it. The sign outside the door says eight o'clock. That has never been the case in the years and years and years that we've come and going to this store. All of a sudden, it's now a thing. Like, I want the other guy back. The guy that was here before that was like, yeah, no, 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 9 o'clock, 9.30, you know, whatever you guys button up. I want that guy back. So in any case, so I did get a game in. I got basically two turns in. Tyranids are awesome. Uh, I had to commit, commit a cardinal sin, and I actually fielded 10 gene stealers that were unpainted on Tuesday because... As I adjusted my list, I went, oh, I've totally got 45 Gene Stealers painted. And it turns out I have 30 Gene Stealers painted. As opposed, So I had to field 10 unpainted Gene Stealers. So now I've got to fix that because that's one of the things I pride myself on is every time I field anything on my army, they're all fully painted. But yeah, so I mean, like I said, I, did I get a game in? I mean, technically, we played two turns of a game. 
I probably was going to win that game because Gene Slithers are awesome. Um, but that's really about it gaming-wise that I was able to get done. Now, to get to the story of Ed's really stupid <laughs> sometimes, Black Friday happened. So if you're not in the U.S., how this usually works, Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, last Thursday of the year. The following... Of the year. Uh, well, the last Thursday of November. I'm sorry. Um, the following Friday is called Black Friday, which is when all of the stores put all the kind of crap on sale. It's the ramp up for the holiday shopping season. I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's an equivalent in Canada. I don't know if there's an equivalent in, in other. It, it, it's called Black Friday. Okay. So you guys do. All right. It's the same thing. Perfect. So our retro game store has their Black Friday sales where everything's 15% off. So it's, you know, Carrie's way of getting people into the store and, you know, selling a whole bunch of stuff on that day. So I swing, I'm off that day. I, I called off on that day. I'm well, not called off, scheduled off and swung by the retro game store. Cause I'm trying to finish off this, this week collection that I'm hoping to pick up and I'm standing in line and, you know, conversations going across. And one of the things he's, he's doing is every hour on the hour, he's pulling something out of a hat and saying, this is what's, I'm going to give an additional 5% off of this. So whatever it is, is 20% off. And when he pulls out of the hat while I'm standing in line is well, PlayStation three. He's like, so all PlayStation 3 things and all PlayStation 3 consoles are, you know, now 20% off. And he could see me. I've established eye contact with him. I said, well, you know, the only thing that would really interest me in the PlayStation 3, because I've never owned one before, is I want one of the backwards compatible ones. So that if I'm buying a PlayStation 3, I'm getting really a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation 2 altogether. Yeah. Smiles and goes, walks over to the shelf and goes, look what I have. Yeah. Normally this is two hundred dollars in my store, but right now it's a hundred and sixty. And I went, give it to me. <laughs> so sitting right beside me is a fully backwards compatible PS3. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's Did got you, a few. Is servers. it the slim one as well? No, it's the fat one. Oh. The slim ones weren't. So the slim every PlayStation because uh, mine slim and backwards compatible. Backwards yeah. compatible for PS1. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Every PlayStation 3 was backwards compatible between PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 3. Not every PlayStation 3 model can play PlayStation 2 games. Mine can. I've got Battle Gear Solid Sensor Liberty. On a slim? Yeah. Now that's Did interesting. You... Um, I don't know which one. It was the Dust 514 um, download one. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. if you downloaded it, that's no. a different story. No, as in, that was... Uh... Dust 514 was the game that it came with as a download only. And um, one of the Far Cry's or Fallout, okay, no, Far Cry 4, I think. Not Uncharted 4, okay, I don't even fucking know. A game I never even played because literally I only played my PlayStation 1 games on it. Gotcha. So they did bring over PlayStation 2 games for download. But what I'm talking is I can take, yeah, I can take a yeah, PlayStation I've... 2 disc and put it in, and it will play the game. I mean, if it wasn't going to be such bad audio and visuals, I would walk over to the TV, sit on the couch behind me, and turn it on and double-check that that disc actually works. I'm sure I've played it. Because all the research I did is there were only two models that were backwards compatible with the PS2, because when they started making it cheaper, the first thing they did was they removed the PS2 backwards compatibility. So I heard a story about this literally... <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, Friday. Yeah, it was yesterday on the radio. So what's interesting is that Xbox did the same thing where the first ones that came out were backwards compatible 
And then when they did their late year run, because they did the Slims mm-hmm. later, they didn't have the backwards compatibility. Yeah, that's how they and, cheapen up on it. They remove some of the hardware from it to make it cheaper. I'll Correct. message you later. I'll try it once we're done. I'll message you. Please do. Yeah, yeah, because Xbox did the same thing, but now that's pretty much why Xbox has their whatever it is, their Play Store thing where you can pay the fee every year or every month and then have access to, you know, over 400 titles right. for Xbox. The, the only argument that I have, so my kids asked me about, so literally right here on my, I've got a, I've got a PS3, I've got a PS4 that's going to get replaced this Christmas with a PS5 so that it can go. So I have the entire PlayStation history. So everyone, any game that PlayStation's ever produced with the exception of like 17 games, we have hardware capable of playing all of those games. I just so play them on my PS Vita, which I just like hacked and then did all the stuff so I can play PlayStation no, games like, on that. It's not like I don't have a Raspberry Pi upstairs that can play PS1 games. Really, what I wanted it for was for the PS2 games. Because like legitimately, any game that I want to play on PS1, my Raspberry Pi can play. But this plays PS2 games, and there's a whole bunch of games that I remember as very fondly playing with PS2. Side note on this particular topic. Right now, if you're into quote-unquote games collecting, PS3 is dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Whenever I buy a new console or a retro console like this, I always go through the history of like, okay, give me like the top 25, top 50 games. So I kind of know what I'm looking for. You're talking games that are like $4, $8, $7. Even the doing... stupid thing is that a bunch of the really good PS4 games got made for PS3 as well. It's yeah, a really no, good... There's modern titles for it. Yeah. Well, so, and they also ported a lot of games over. So, for example, one of the best games on the PS3 was The Last of Us, but The Last of Us got a PS, an HD a remaster in the PS4, which we own. So I'm obviously not going to buy that game. But there's like the Mass Effect series, for example, was not was some of those games were ported over to PS4, but not all of them. Um, the Dead Space series was not ported over to PS4, to my knowledge. So my point is, is it, like legitimately... I know we've had I'll... this conversation already, Ed. I'm really sorry. No, go ahead. PS3 is 15 years old. I know. I know. I know. My point is so legitimately for like 50 months, I've got like 25 games sitting there because there's like the PS3. Like I'm really shocked at how usually what ends up happening is when any console having bought so many of them and bought games for them. Here are the top 10 games. You know, these everyone's like, if you're going to play this console, these are the games you're going to play. You're going to, like, some of those games are like 25, 30, 35, 30. Like, that's the average, no matter what console you're looking for, older consoles. For these, it was like $3, $4. Like, they're just dirt cheap right now. So, yeah, so I've got a whole bunch of cool games. The only thing I'm struggling finding is an OEM controller. Um, the place where I was at didn't have any. Um, we have these cheapy knockoff ones, and they just feel cheap and like that's always the ones like whenever you had friends over that's the controller you let your friend use because like yeah you've got one if you need it like it's the emergency one of the if the remote battery dies like okay i'll pick this one up by the other so remote so they battery. felt like ps1 controllers not even that they, do you PS1 remember? controllers were terrible it, ps2 controllers were awesome because that's uh, when they came with ps1 the controllers were amazing until they added the uh the stick do you remember mad Cats? yes Yes. Do you remember like the Mad Cats PS1 controllers? That's what this feels like. Because like when you all right, I'll give Sony credit. When you pick up a PlayStation controller, an OEM PlayStation controller, there's some weight behind it. It feels mm-hmm. like you've this one here, I feel like I'm gonna break the damn thing. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, the cheaper ones were always were always cheap, but you know, you also got the ones that had all the cheats in it too. Yeah, you had you those know, you, too. Yeah, you know so, that you could just line the game up and it put all the codes in you needed. Yeah. So in any case, so that's been so aside from the fact that I'm trying to complete a top 25-ish of the Wii library, which is turning out to get more expensive than I thought. I'm now in the process of trying to complete like a top 40 of the PlayStation 3 library because it's as cheap as it is. And I have no idea why I'm doing it. The, the only reason I wanted to do it is because, and this is the only reason that it came up, was my son just got done beating Red Dead Redemption 2. And he loved the game. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to get Red Dead Redemption 1. He's like, but the only way to get it right now on PS4 is you have to sign up for their monthly service to get mm -hmm. it. And he's like, and I refuse to do that because you have to spend it. He's like, I'm not doing that for one game. What and game? I, Red Dead Redemption. The original. I've, prob I've probably got it. I'll have a look. No. I uh. So do I, <laughs> conveniently <laughs> enough. Because I went, oh, well, there's $200 for a console and let's just get this game here. Oddly enough, the game's only like eight bucks. It's yeah. just, it took it. Now, did I have to go the backwards compatible route? No. Could I have gotten a console for like 60 bucks? Yes. But if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it the worst possible way to do it and go, oh, well, I want all of them. If I'm buying an old PlayStation game, I want all of them or at least access to all of them. So that's what I did. Yeah. I'm already thinking how I'm going to hack it or not necessarily hack it. So like the one that we've got is the 60 gigabyte model. And I know, no, no that 60 gigs is not going to survive long. So I'm going to have to probably go out and get a terabyte drive for it and reformat the flat flash, the drive so that I can actually put it on there. But beyond that, it's been fun. I've been having oodles of fun because I never owned a PS3 legitimately. I went from PS2 to, Hey crap, we're going to have a kid. So the $600 that they're at, the PlayStation's asking for your console is way too much. So I'm just not going to do that. So we stuck with the Wii when we got it for the kids a little bit later in life, we went from the Wii to the PS4. So, so that was our, that was my gaming progression. So there's a whole bunch of games that are on there that I've never touched. Like I'm really looking forward to doing Dead Space and the Mass Effect series because I've heard nothing but good things about these two series of games. Just never played them. Mm. So that's what Ed's going to be doing over Christmas holidays. Going to be sitting down playing old PS3 games <laughs> and painting and painting Gene Steelers and a, and my flying hive tyrant. Those are all getting done. <laughs> I swear they're getting done. That's it. That was that 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 was that was my flight deck. Yeah, good. We're like the road really is wrong, long, isn't it? With two hours it, in. it was that was a long road to get there. Maybe I should have gone second this time because <laughs> <laughs> we either diverged into yours. That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I'm, I'm like done now. <laughs> did you want to do news? I don't know. What we do, I mean, do you want to cover that, or do you want to save it for the next for the next one? Uh, it won't be news then, will it? Um, yeah, I guess not. It's so those spoilers. Well, not spoilers. Have confirmed day. Uh, uh, start at the beginning. The Asmodee website apparently has the um, the Mandalorian um, pilot pack, like, like the Hot Shots and Aces pack they did. Um, they've done the Mandalorian one and the Razor Crest. They're up for pre order apparently on the Asmodee website, and it's. It says February 28th. Um, so, like, end of February should have a Razor Crest. And um, I actually have a copy of the Aces High kit now. So, they're right in the wild. So, Ooh. yeah. Um, and then, 
Did I say it was anything else? I can't remember now. It was so long I, ago. Hours ago. I wrote stuff down. It was Aces High and it was Mandalorian. That was the two yeah. things I wrote down for our pseudo show notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that Ed writes himself to remind him, hey, remember to mention this. Yeah, then the young, yeah. So the Aces High pack will, uh, I'll uh, crack it open and try and send stuff out to all of the Patreons again. So if you want to support us on Patreon, you know, that's where you get fun- funky free stuff. We just spend more in shipping than the patron brings in in a year. Um, fun times. Uh, operating at a zero, operating at zero income for th- how long have we been doing the show now? Four years? 91 episodes. 91 episodes? Yeah. Operating at a loss for 91 episodes. That should, that should be our, that I mean, should be it, our motto. I'm sure if I actually, you know, if we had a focus on actual X-Wing content and like put any effort into sharing the fact that the podcast exists in any form of social media, like it just, it, whatever it auto-posts is all what I do. I don't like go into the podcast groups. I don't. Like fly better have got their like posts where you can share your content. I don't mm. post on Reddit. Don't do it on forums or anything. Yeah, whatever. It was People. so much easier back in the day. Whenever Nova Squadron, the only thing we had to do was post in the um, FFG forums. Yeah. That was it. That was that was sufficient to get us. When the, the FFG forums world. still existed, I didn't post this in there. I know. We're a very, very different show. Very, and we've talked about this multiple, multiple times. We were trying to hit a very different target market for that, and then this show is just—it's just us shooting the shit and having fun. So yeah. it's, hey, it's I can totally I can different. say this: my cats are done with the show because they want their T R E A T S's right now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good time for me to say, "Hey, Chris, don't you have some paperwork you want to do here?" Yeah. But so I, we should just quickly brush through the main topic thing of like, um, we've got like road seems okay now. I don't know. Like, yeah, it seems the, like the fervor uh, has died down. The heat in the kitchen's a little, little low. I haven't heard nearly as many people complaining about it. Uh, a like couple old, people might have actually played games with it. Maybe. Not maybe, even that. Maybe. I, it feels like obviously every time something gets announced, it's going to. AMG are ruining X-Wing and then mm-hmm. it turns out to not be that bad and it's the next thing so like, people are obviously talking about the other stuff they, they brought up on stream about bumping and stuff but like mm-hmm. do you not see the pattern here like random player order is terrible it's going to ruin the game road's terrible random player order was fine road's fine but making bumps less bad is like terrible like, I don't at some point, surely we have to go. Oh, maybe these games designers are okay, you know. Yeah, maybe maybe they've they've looked at this over the years of how the game's been designed. And said, "Here are areas of improvement that we can fix." Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was it. I mean, I don't really want to dwell on it because it's a bit of a diner topic. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be that much of a big deal. I, I've played a lot of games of it now, and. The only things I've, whenever it's been in play, I've found it more interesting. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about it. How often it keeps you, would you keeps say, you on your toes? Yeah. yeah. How often would you say it's actually come into play? <laughs> um, How many games? Out of curiosity. Maybe 
uh, not including the games where we forced it to happen. Right, um, right. That, so I, that's controlled substance. That's like a, yeah, controlled substance. That's a controlled environment. Who's getting tired now? <laughs> yeah, maybe like twenty percent of my games yeah. has actually mattered. I would um, say more likely that the the turn limits probably come into play more often than than road has. Um, or has given, that even come into play now? I, maybe I shouldn't make that statement. I've since since the announcement happened properly. Uh, well, not even proper because it's still not a rule yet. But I, I, we've still been playing games with a timer, and I've not had a game finish because of the turn limit yet. But that's like we're pretty laid back and chatting and stuff. Like when I was trying to blast through games when I first spoke about it, I was getting like sixteen turn games kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I, turn limit seems fine. Yeah. Especially like when you consider what it's supposed to address, like the fact that if you play um, a, your first ever three hundred, like so, your first ever two hundred point game of X Wing, and you decided to take Tie Swarm against Tie Swarm, and you think you have to play to destruction because that's what the rule book says, <laughs> like you're still the five hours later. Yep. So, yeah, that's it. So I don't even think that's that big of an issue, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been pretty positive. I've been really enjoying the game again, like revisiting my old squads, like running Vader in the, in the X1. Now that I can, like, now that I can spend 200 points, it just feels like I'm enjoying making lists again. So. Yeah, that's why I thought it was interesting when you talked about that Boba Fett list where you're like, oh, you put the shield upgrade and the hull upgrade. Like, you wouldn't see those before. Yeah. People would rather take the initiative bid than they would put those on. But now they've got to spend the points. Well, what else am I got to spend them on? Yeah. Shield upgrade and the hollow upgrade. Yeah, great. exactly. Um, but yeah, that was it. That's all I wanted to touch on. Um, I suppose I should mention, uh, where was it? Um, so Alex Watkins, who was who used to run um, OP for FFG, um, is doing some style giveaway of stuff for charity he's doing a raffle mm. um i'll put i'll try and remember to put the links in the show notes but if you go to um the fundraising raffle dash x-wing uh, in the uk group that's the event um and uh, that basically it it looks like it's the proofs of um some dial covers that we, they were going to make for the 2020 season but then Ooh. everything died. So like these seven dials are apparently the only ones in existence. Ooh. And they're, like, we're doing that a raffle to raise money for charity. So like the, the joke that I've seen is, uh, uh, well, it won't be tournament legal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that's a true statement. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's in in support of a good cause. So um if you can find that have a look and get some um extremely rare x-wing stuff probably yeah, worth they more actually than... they actually look really good yeah um well yeah other than that just the usual stuff you can um you can find us on lack of focus podcast on facebook you can email us at lack of focus podcast at gmail.com um, you can support the podcast on Patreon, in which case we'll be giving out some free stuff again uh, this year. All the stuff should hopefully go in the mail in January, I believe, this year. 
touch wood. Um, I was a shitter. I didn't get the um, evade tokens designed yet, so they'll follow at some point in 2022. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll come in. I just need to actually get someone to do a design so that I can get it cut properly. But there'll be evade tokens coming to everyone. Um, but yeah, that's a lack of focus podcast on Patreon, or you can do it as just a flat monthly payment uh, for Dice Hate at Patreon. All those links are in the show notes as well. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, but I've been pretty quiet because I've not been painting because I've just been mega tired. Um, <laughs> you could follow the painting stream as well, Dice Hate on Twitch, uh, Dice Hate Chris on Twitch. Uh, uh, that, Chris. I'm pretty confident. I don't want to pull Twitch up and potentially screw something up. What I, uh, yeah. I think that's Dice correct. Hate Chris on Twitch. Uh, I've been doing a weekly painting stream uh, with best intentions to try and do more streaming, but I've just been working all the time trying to get money. Obviously, if you guys just support us more so that I don't have to put all of that effort into only having this one source of income, then. I'll be able to make more content again, but we'll see. Just get uh, just get into a get into a swimming pool, Chris, and you're you're right there. It's not in that. So I've been very close the last couple of weeks to like, oh, the, on this day when Eve is in daycare, I'm gonna make some content. I'm gonna make a YouTube video or something, and then that day will come around, and like a bunch of stuff will arrive at the store. And I've got to go in and receive, or you know, just something else will happen. Like. But I'm like pretty motivated to start doing some content. Like, I've been really enjoying list building again. Like getting to spend all my points, doing all of that stuff. It just seems really fun. So yeah. Um but yeah, I don't think there's anything else really important. Um so yeah, that's it. All right. On that note, Sean, always cool to hang out with you, my friend. Good to be here, guys. Um hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I missed the last show, so um, you know, hopefully we'll get into this new year here pretty quick and have a have a much better year than than the last year. Yeah, my my I forgot to mention my Thanksgiving was amazing in that all of our guests that we invited were kind enough to get COVID positive tests before they came to our house as opposed to after. Um, my sister in law and her two sons COVID. Um, my not my my so once my parents heard that they were of course bailing out and then we had other guests that we had invited all of them came out with covid positive results within days before thanksgiving so we already bought all the food my wife just said screw it and made all the food and we watched movies on the couch like we didn't set the table up or anything it was the most lo- laid back low-key thanksgiving but no, my, had, like my thanksgiving was in october so yeah, yeah. Oh, Thanksgiving or is it Boxing Day for you? Uh, which one? Sorry, is do you call it Thanksgiving or is it Boxing Day? Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Okay, I'm not Canadian Thanksgiving's like um, in October. I don't even know what date it was in October because I'm not Canadian. And Halloween in the same month. That's interesting. (laughs) Not that I'd argue. I, I I went on record with saying with my family, like if somehow, some way something happened and I ended up on death row and you have the, what's your final meal before, you know, before we electrocute you kind of thing, I would pick Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> That's what what's the difference between Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner? Ham. Uh, ham. Yeah, probably. That's probably, that's a good one. There's, there's ham for Christmas and not ham for, for Thanksgiving. 
Although everybody um, I know always did ham, so for both. They yeah. do ham and turkey for both. There's really no difference. Um, uh, Christmas. Cookies, Christmas cookies. Yeah. Toss in a crap load of sweets. But I would just take pumpkin pie away. Get rid of pumpkin pie and go with cookies. I suppose the desserts would be a different. Yeah. The the dessert would be a different. Yeah. I I generally do two different mains on Christmas. So it'll be chicken or turkey, and then um, something ranging from like a steak pie through to like a ham or a joint, a roast beef joint. So you get your two different proteins. Mm -hmm. Then, but yeah. and what you were said that you and Chad were talking about D and D stuff. Ed, you were going to talk about that. I should oh not yeah, let I you totally miss forgot, that out. totally forgot to mention. So we are starting D and D up again in a couple of days. Here, uh, by the time you listen, we'll be recording on Monday. So of course, he and I were talking. Like it's been so long since we've played. We were kind of going over. Well, where were we? Like what's left on the list of things to do? He's like, there's spots on the map that we haven't even been to yet. So we're both of us are genuinely kind of looking forward to kind of getting back to, to, to D and D because it's been a while since we played. And I'm like, I don't even remember where we were. Chris, did you do your, your homework? And you were talking to um, the leaders of Argon Vastholt. And then ah. as you were leaving, you rescued Esmeralda. From being ambushed by some Bastani. I do remember this. She explained that she was the uh, apprentice of Van Richten and had come to Ravenloft to try and find him. And that's where we last left off. And 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 then you were were like dancing around the fact that you stole her wagon. (laughs) Just a little. We we returned it to somebody. You gave it to Van Richten, who returned it to a tower sans all of her equipment. Oops. Well, you know, it fell out. Yeah, it fell off the wagon. Yeah. (laughs) And ended up on us. I don't know how that happened. It's just strange. Weird how that worked out. So, yeah, no, like, we were, like, he and I got into, like, because we got closed out of the store at 8.05, we're sitting in the parking lot. I didn't give give you feedback on that either, did I? Yeah, Yeah, how about that? um, Seems pretty normal, to be honest. Like, I, if I'm working, I'll kind of like let people chill out and finish the game as long as I don't have to be anywhere. Like if I have to be leaving to get home for whatever reason, I'd make sure our game is new well before time. But like we used to close at nine and we had the same problems. Like you can't play a you can't play 40k. It's the wrong game to pick on a weekday evening. You just can't do it. Like so like people play X Wing, that's fine. You get your X Wing game in. You play something like Kill Team play crisis you know crisis protocol all of these smaller skirmish games are all fine but our solution is that we now open until 11 like the, the door gets locked at 10 30 but ultimately it comes down to the staff member like if they don't care you're never gonna you're not gonna win it's like we've got the exact same staff member like would rage at you as a customer of being extremely rude if you were still playing at quarter to nine, like, why haven't you packed up yet? And like be on the Tannoy system and on the intercom, just like reminding people every five minutes from like oh. eight thirty, and just like making it not a pleasant place to play. And then yeah, you'd, so, you'd have me who'd be like, "Yeah, do what we want." So my question to you is: 
so where how do i word this i'm trying to in my opinion maybe that's not the guy that works on the tuesday night when the tabletop games are being played so i will play devil's advocate now so you're wanting to play 40k in the store until late and the staff member they have isn't willing to work late uh, presumably because they don't get paid after an certain time or whatever like if it's off the clock or like it might I'm not sure have it is, overtime it, it, it's authorized. probably something like that yeah. so like, i'm so trying wh- to be where did you that, where course. did you buy gabe's new death guard army from did you buy it from the store generating money to pay that guy's wages for yes. him to be open weight combat uh, patrol we bought there the only thing that we didn't buy there um was more Tarion, which is sitting in the closet what because a, what about all of the bargains you've been talking about getting off ebay and well he, yeah did he get to he got a couple of used ones like we're talking used models though like the new no, kids but, there no but that's what i'm saying though like you you chose to buy used stuff and again i'm playing devil's advocate here that obviously it can't be generating that much money or else they would support it so yeah i don't know that i don't know that i necessarily agree with that I don't think it, what I genuinely think it is, and again, for right or wrong, and not that I'm necessarily disagreeing per se, it's the store says it closes at eight o'clock, so he closes the doors at eight o'clock. I guess maybe, maybe, maybe because I don't know the guy because he's new, but he and I have never had a conversation. I don't know that he said hello to me, even when I've walked oh, in yeah. the door. This, to- this isn't excusing him being bad at his job, because that's one side of a coin, but the yeah, other side and- of a coin is, it, he doesn't know you. Why would he stay not getting paid to let you finish your game? Let me ask you this: Is he a is he a tabletop gamer? No, my understanding is he's a magic guy. Yeah. So and he's also so that, but, but this is the part that pisses me off. The, the, what we learn in this uh, parking lot conversation is he's also the guy that's there for Friday Night Magic, and he lets that go until two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So like, if you're willing to do that for the 12 to 14 people that are still sticking around past eight o'clock for Friday night magic. Why aren't you willing to do it for the 22 people that are in there playing tabletop games? Like, yeah, but are you guys, are you guys in there buying snacks? Are you guys, you know, the, no, I get that. But I mean, you know, how many people are there for Friday night magic compared to tabletop game night? I'm not going to disagree. You're right. The crowd is bigger on Friday nights than it is. Yeah. I'm talking. This is one of those, I think that this is one of those arguments or one of those conversations that is a very tough one. And it actually stems from the closing time, not from the employee himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when your store closes at eight o'clock, I can see employees not really wanting to stay later. You know, I get that. That was one of the big things that I fought for to stop that, the kind of thing you're experiencing was I, I said, the closing time needs to be 11. But what you do is you actually have the store, we advertise to a customer closing time, it's 10.30. Right. But the people are all scheduled to work until 11. Because then you don't have that feeling of, fucking, I finished five Getting minutes ago, I've still, yeah. still got to cash out, and are you, these guys haven't left yet. Because you're staying later and later and later when I finished at eight, I could have been out the door. Mm-hmm. So it, well, it's all it's, psychological. Just, guess, maybe the way that he did it on Tuesday really is what pissed me off. It's the, I didn't get a word, like Chad and I obviously were involved in the game, we were playing the game. We didn't get a word, a warning, nothing. Eight o'clock hit and the lights went out. 
And I don't know if no. you've ever tried to put away a hundred models in the dark when you've only well, that's got a, like... that's probably a conversation oh. with the owner at that yeah. point, you know. You don't think or the I'm manager have that? I or, or the manager. Yeah, because yeah. because that's rude. I mean, that's that is yeah. horrible, horrible customer service. You know, even even at the game shop on Tuesday nights when we would play there way back when with X-Wing, you know, Kat, who would be working there, she'd be like, you know, register closing at 930, you know, and then doors are, you know, we want everybody out by 10. So we knew if the guy came to you and said, hey, I got to be out of here at eight o'clock. So the doors, you know, everything lights are going to go out at eight. I'm going to be ready to go. That would tell you to start packing up at seven forty-five. Yeah, it's know? all communication. And that's a communication and, piece. And like, yeah, ultimately, that's... none of the none of my points excuse him being bad at his job. Right. <laughs> it, like you, know, you have a level of expectation entitlement which the store might have trained into you, but and that might be wrong as well. well yeah. But it doesn't excuse him being is, bad at his job. That is a good counterpoint in the fact. So a little bit of backstory. When this store opened up, Chad, Logan, myself were the first three customers to walk in the door and support this store. And for weeks, we were the only people playing games in that store as this, the store owner was establishing his foothold in the area with another competing store. And slowly but surely, we were pulling people in for the tabletop side to pull them into the store. So you are correct in the fact that maybe, maybe the problem is with me in the fact that I'm like, there's an entire, you feel entitled I to something. I feel like I have a little bit of wiggle room and I've always had that wiggle room to have a new employee come in who isn't aware of that relationship, isn't aware of all of that to be like, boom, eight o'clock lights out. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Yeah, I no, didn't want to. I didn't want to pull the Chris Sheriff. Do you know who I am? <laughs> but I. <laughs> and the other side as well is that we have an after hours room. Where, like we'll let you book your after hours room if you if you wanted to play late on a night where we're not open late. Book your after hours room. Yeah. Right. So well, that's probably not a bad idea. We. I'm gonna have to talk. I, I know the Stephen, the the manager. I'm gonna. Ha- he and I are gonna have a conversation. I intend to have a different conversation with him altogether, which was because I want to do a 40k league. The problem that I'm bumping into is that if this is how it's going to run for the 40k league, you can't. by the I can't do it because I've got a lot of working stiffs that don't get to the store until about six or seven o'clock, and if they're only gonna be there for an hour, how do I even begin a game? Knowing that I've got less than 60 minutes to play it by the time setup's done, we've got the objectives down. I've got 45 minutes to play a game. Like that's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be where, you know, have league fees or, you know, game night fees and all that type of stuff. Well, to by de- by help the store. I've, I've always charged league fees and they always go to the store for those yeah. reasons alone. We need to make it, if the store is going to be giving up that space, we need to make it profitable for them for, to allow mm-hmm. the people to do it. I've always believed in that. Yeah. So I think COVID has changed some things a little bit. You know, the the oh point of view on gaming has changed unless you're per, a progressive store that, like Chris said, you know, you open till 11. Once your gaming space opened back up, you know, it oh, stays open till 11 o'clock. And that's, 
you know, I don't own a I don't own a game store, but if I did, I would be very pro player, you know, pro where a lot of stores are not that way. You know, they're well, not about you, the player. You bring up another good point, which is the COVID angle. I don't know what the employment issues the store may or may not be having. They may have mm-hmm. difficulty getting people even to come in to do the job. So maybe this new employee is at least willing to show the fuck up, which is a good start. And yeah. the sacrifice to that is, well, the door, if he doesn't come, the doors aren't open. Yeah. It could be that way. You know, it, it's, it's so hard to tell right now, you know, give it, you know, give it six months, give it a year or Give it till whenever COVID finally becomes just a commonplace thing, you know, where like for me, it's, you know, I don't like, and I'll be honest with you. I don't mind wearing a mask. Doesn't bother me at all. And I probably will wear one. I will probably wear one the rest of my life. As long as we have these communicable diseases that are out there that can kill you, you know, you and I are on the same page on this one. You know, and that's just the way that I am, but it doesn't mean everybody's going to be that way, you know, but until COVID becomes either, you know, the common place, kind of like the, the common cold or the flu, where, you know, if you get it, your percentage, you know, it just depends upon acceptance, you know, what that point of acceptance is. Well, I'm really quick. The game store that I shop at, you know, since Sparta closed, and I really still shop there. Because Sparta really wasn't a game store. It was a gaming store. Um, but the store I shop at now hasn't reopened their gaming space. You know, they were close and then Delta variant came and then, you know, now it kind of set everything back. And I'm okay with that, you know, and they're okay with that because they have board games galore. You know, they have, if you want to go buy a board game, that's where you want to go. If you want to go play someplace, there's a few other stores where you can go play. Yeah, I think that's probably my problem. What I was going to say, Ed, is... I thought you used to got a table in your garage, don't you? Well, yeah, sure. I could... So here's the problem. Chad, the one person that I would probably invite more than anything else, isn't vaccinated. And most of the guys up there are not vaccinated. Hence the reason why we have to wear masks while we're there. So I agree with you that having some... Having well, the the table would be here because the garage turned into the 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 COVID gym almost two years ago now at this point. Um, but yeah, you're right. That is an option. There are other gaming stores in the area. So one of the premier places in our area is a membership only thing where it's 24 seven and you get key fob entrance. This is exactly the type of scenario that you're talking about. When you pay your membership fee, you get a key fob. You can go in there two o'clock in the morning to go play games if you want. Yeah, it's an hour drive to go there. And it's an hour back. And I'm like, like, why? Why can't I have? I need a Century Box in this area. Like, I'm willing to, like, even if I had to drive to Monroeville from where we are, which is probably a 30 minute drive. Mr. Nice Guys, is, which is where um, Regionals is usually at for, for X Wing. Fantastic, gigantic store. They don't support tabletops. The only reason Mr. even got the Regionals is because of the Squadron Group really pushed for it. They needed a big store in the area and that was the biggest one they could find. It's the only reason they got it. Otherwise you walk in there, it's all card flippers. It's all magic. It's all Yu-Gi-Oh! It's all Pokemon. And they get all those stuff down there. Like and they sell GW there, but they just don't support it at all. It's like, my God, if they would do it, holy crap, I I, I drive to Monroeville every week, I guess. I mean, 
Just listen to an audiobook and do the hour drive. Because, like, yeah, it's an hour there, but you're not on a time limit, are you? No, not really. It, what it would do is... What it would do is it would shift it from, like, Tuesday night to, like, Friday night. Like, something where I, like, Gabe and I are going to... Like, I get home from work, Gabe and I are going to make the drive out there, and we'll be there until, like, 2 in the morning and then drive back kind of thing. That's yeah. what it would have to be. And I, yeah. ultimately, in the end, it may come to that. I'm just hoping yeah. it doesn't happen. There you go. That, that was a good tangent anyway before you... Yeah. Be the longest closing I think we've ever done on this show. Oh, I doubt it. I, I, we're still only at two and a half hours, man. We've gone over three hours before, I'm sure. I'm just saying when we actually started doing the, you've read the, here's all the stuff to remind you of, and I've already <laughs> said goodbye to one person. Chris, always good talking to you, my friend. It's sometimes good to be here. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on that note, I, I'm going to wish everyone well. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, like and Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.